crackalacking because we're 15 minutes into Will's no family time, and I'm sure his wife is probably already pulling her hair out. They're literally <laughs> on the floor above my head. They're right there. Just stomping around. <laughs> don't move. Don't move. They can see you. <laughs> it's like velociraptors. You know what I mean? They're opening doors and shit. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. All right. Ready? All right, let's hit it and quit it. All right, cool. Rage of Season 2. And we are back. We are back. We'll throw back in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rage of Sigmar podcast, featuring this week the man, the myth, the legend, Joseph M. Pagano. How are you, Joe? What's going on, guys? It's me, your boy, your favorite in the world. How you doing? How you doing? Also joining us for the first time in a public podcast setting that i'm aware of because i actually don't i didn't fact check that at all we have the one and only sla nice or is it Slanichi? how do you how do you pronounce it uh man i pronounce it however you want to hear it baby so it started off as sla nice because i wanted to be sla you know represents slanesh but in a nice way and then of course rob symes in his reading glory called it slanice Mm-hmm. And it's like like your mom's friend down at the country club that's just like been slutting it up since the divorce, you know. <laughs> so God uh, damn it, Slanice, he's my pool Slanice. boy. I know. I know. So so it's it, yeah. And then then the the Aussies say it's like slun and ice. I like it like that. I like it like that. Slun ice. Yeah, slun and ice. So it it's it's however you want it. My name, my real name is Will, and I'm I'm really honored to be here with you guys today. It's, it is truly my pleasure. Stop! You're gonna make me not cry. Um, and but yeah, so we've got Slanois on the show today. Slanois, as always, I'm Jacob. So we're going to get right into talking about um, what we've been working on because it's been a minute since we've chatted. Joe, what have you been working on oh, in the hobby? A lot of shit. Um, I'm doing a commission job for Anthony Polcastro. I'm painting some desolators. Um, which has been a challenge because I have to paint them to match the job another commission painter did. I'm not going to consider myself a commission painter. I'm doing this because he's my friend. You know, we're doing a yeah. trade. Um, so I'm actually have to like change my whole paint style to make it match his army, which has been pretty challenging. So, um, and it's painting greens, and I don't really like painting greens that much. So it's taken me out of my comfort zone, and I, I've definitely like figured out some interesting tricks. Um, the base color of the the models, like the main green, is like a dark angel green that's made by uh, Army Painter, okay. and I think that that color is. I have like the mega, the full paint set that I won at that tournament, and um, when I got this painted were, that time for my Vec Army, brag. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that I didn't hear about that. Yeah, you didn't hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basement War Gamers uh, Summer Slaughter. I heard Barno Mendo got best in show over the weekend. Um, at this really prestigious model show, go Martin Orlando. Yeah, know? with that. So, he's a good painter. 
Yeah, he's good. Uh, yeah. He, he what does people know him as? Uh, Painty Stormcast Nicey Man. <laughs> is that what he said on Twitter? I, I think so. Yeah, I know. He, I absolutely know he doesn't listen to the show because every time I see him, he's like, "I don't listen to your podcast." So I'm like, "All right, well, I don't talk shit about you on it, you douchebag." Anyway, <laughs> he thinks he does the test too much. Uh, Marty's a great guy. Um, yeah, just wanted to interrupt you. That's all. That's uh, good. Keep doing it. It throws my train of thought off. Um, so been working on those uh, desolators, and oh, so the green that he sent me. Like the pigmentation's fucked up, so I've been like I had to work on like mixing some of my Reaper paints in. Just it's like a kind of different color green, but I just needed to get the pigmentation up because it was like I would do like six coats and white would still be showing through. And um, then aside from that, I'm working on my corn stuff. What's your? I don't think you've you've talked about your corn army on the show, have you? No. Um, Is it a secret project? Did we just? It's not really a secret project, but I, it's like a big stretch. Edit that out, Clint. <laughs> it's yeah. a big it's a big stretch for me because it's uh i'm doing a whole bunch of different styles i've never done so i'm doing uh a lot of glazing for like the skin tones to make them blend really well and i'm doing non-metallic metals across the whole army which is a lot because it's like a hundred plus wow. models so um holy god you're yeah. doing it for all of them yeah i'm doing it for everyone so oh my god. is this mortals no uh it's actually I'm doing African themed, so there's mortals, there's demons, and there's uh, uh, t- like the main core of the army is beasts, and they're all like painted like oryx. So they have like the they're like the oryx are like these deep desert plain mammals, and they have um they have like a oh, white looks like like iron jaws. No oryx. No 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 oryx. Yeah, 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 yeah. they have like a yeah, light, like a tan back, and then they have like a white belly, and they have like a black striping that comes up their stomach and then goes across their face. And it's, like, really, they're really fucking metal-looking. And, like, I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. And then I'm doing, like, all the cloth and shit of, like, yellows and creams. And then I'm going to do, like, a like a cerulean blue, uh, like, accent oh, color. So, like, uh, I posted on Twitter, I think, it's my Dracon. It's who I'm using as um, my Scar brand. He's a model from Creature Caster. But around his neck, he has, like, all these, like, claws and, like, skulls as a necklace. But I painted all, like, the... They look like little claws. They painted them like diamonds. So I'm like doing like that full like, like lots of like, <laughs> blood diamonds. You know what I mean? Like all the, so, uh, yeah. I'm going for wow. that. So blood blood diamonds for the I blood thought... diamond god. Wait wait wait. Did yeah. you call <laughs> what what will? Did you name him Akon? Did you say? No 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 no. Scar Scarbrand. Scarbrand. Oh okay. Yeah, Scarbrand. Okay. You should name him Akon. Akon is like he's Black the Panther. Only good entity in Africa right now. You know what's crazy? I I, I kind of felt like we would end up here somehow in this episode, but a guy I work with was like, yo, did you know that there's more people with AIDS per capita in Atlanta, Georgia, than there is in Africa? And I was like, wow. Wow. That's fucked up. But Yeah. So, shout out to oh. the Atlanta guys. Make sure you take your pills. Yeah. <laughs> in like a month. Yeah. Shout out to your boy at work. Yeah, thanks, thanks Dante, for opening my eyes. Uh, so this is the first time you've done non-metallic metal, right? Because it's been looking really, really good. The pictures you've been sending me have been fire, dude. Yeah, so I was like, I wanted to do like a cold steel non-metallic metal with like a lot of black still left in there. So it's like kind of like a dark, has its shiny elements, but I want it to look almost like black metal. It's going more blue through steel. blue than it is through well, gray, right? You want to do the blue because the sky's blue, right? That's like the... that's. That's like because that's the color that's coming down and reflecting off the metal is the su- the sky, 
So um, I really just hit up Danny Danny Paints. Shout out to Danny Carroll, a dweller. You can uh, find him on Twitter at the real Joe Pagano. No, it's the real Joe Pagano, but it's at Danny Paints. That's how you know. Um, Two thirds of all Australian AOS players' profile pictures are pictures of me. Um, that's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I end up in Doom and Darkness. And <laughs> this is how I end up like messaging five people at the same time, really obscene things I'm trying to send to you, but they end up going like Melbourne. Sure. And then oh yeah, of with. course, of course, Will. Just make excuses, why don't you? <laughs> Look, not everybody gets the private stock, man. But Joe Pagano's on that. List. You yeah, are too. Don't it's worry. pretty insane. What about the real Joe Pagano? Is he on the list? No. That dude is I... so hot. Danny? I'm, I'm emasculated hey. by how good-looking he is. Yeah. I don't need to sexify his life at all. <laughs> like, that guy just, like, like skips down the street and experiences sexual gratification on a level that I've never known. Did you listen you just to... look at him. <laughs> Did you listen to the most recent Dwellers podcast? And he, they talk about him being in the play where the chick is dressed as, like, a leather bird and, like, yep. has leather bird sex with someone else on the stage. And I'm like, wow, I, but it was, yeah, it sounds like, like it's right up Will's alley. Sex <laughs> right. It wasn't just like like random consensual furry yeah. sex. It like yeah. takes it to a third or fourth level. That like it's like why is that necessary? That's interesting, Jake. That you that you re- you put it out. That sorry, my nephew's name is Jake. So if I call you Jake, oh, it's not okay. I call him Jake all the time. But uh, call me Kevin. All right, cool. Um, like basically, what you described was just your your standard. Ordinary, or what they described on the show is like your standard ordinary, you know, Holiday Inn furry party, but they called <laughs> it theater, and they charged people to get in like twenty five bucks a head. He made all his friends watch him because he said he was naked, and they didn't like chuckle at all. I was expecting that to be a joke, so he was probably. Being, no, they said they didn't a, see his peen though. They only saw his your butt. Hey, you're like your furry party. <laughs> That's a good idea. Um, speaking of furries, speaking of two <laughs> of two groups that I like. I fundamentally disagree with, even though there's no real reason to it. Did you know that Violent J from ICP's daughter is a furry? No. You know I didn't know that. Yeah. He posted a video online of him, like, bashing the company that made her fursuit because it was poorly made. <laughs> oh, that's lovely, man. Could you imagine that, though? Like, you get, like, an angry letter from Violent J from ICP. <laughs> You're like just sitting there in your textile company. You're probably like some, you know, it's probably made in China by some poor kid who's like doesn't even understand what a furry is. They think they're just making co- mascot costumes and they're getting yelled at by a guy, an angry guy in clown makeup. Like, what the fuck? So that's what I've been working on. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Will? What are you working on, bud? Oh, thanks for asking, man. Um, I am in, in hobby heaven right now. Uh, about, I guess it was about two months ago, I want to say, I finished up my uh, Flesh Eater Quartz, my first fully painted 2,000-point Warhammer army, either setting in my entire life, like, from falling in love with this shit about, you know, 30-plus years ago, and then I finally have a fully painted army, which hopefully at some point, Joe, you're going to get a chance to shove off the table into a trash can with your eye net. <laughs> It's going to look really nice in your dead pile. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it's to have my corn done in time for that, though. I'd rather play them than Ideneth, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how it's going to, you know, when I'm going to be able to shake free. We both have, we, you know, family duties and all that stuff. And maybe I'll have the Slanesh together by then. We can do uh, Wrath and Rapture. Oh, that'd be sick. Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more on brand for both of us, I think, anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, now that that's wrapped up, I could kind of, like, just jump into the into making the Slanesh Army. I've been planning in my head since I was 11. And, um, you know, that's wow. nice. So, so tub, the, tub skiing? That tub skiing's been yeah, in there since yeah, 11? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's been in there since, well. Probably 14. I can't describe what been in it's myself. crystallized so, since then. Yeah, it could have been down there. I don't know. I mean, I love it. I love just, that. You don't go. You don't just don't look that deep into the mine, right? You know, you just you try not to knock shit in there like fucking Peregrine took, and you just <laughs> walk by quietly. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been. Uh, if I have an idea about scratch building or kit bashing something, like I just do it. Like I don't think, oh, I got to get this done. I want to get it on the table. I'm taking I'm taking my time with everything, just enjoying every single little bit of it. Because awesome. I'm going to make exactly one Slanesh army in my life. You know, I'm 41. I don't see. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll just go out and get a start collecting and start from scratch again. Like this yeah. is it. So, you know, I'm 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 doing everything that I want to do with it, and it's it's been great. So I've been working on my fame, um, which I haven't put any pictures up yet, but it's been like sneakily in the background. I think I sent it to you guys. Yeah, it's got the whole, it's got the video yeah. section cut out, right? Yeah, yeah. And I hung a bunch of trophies and stuff off, so it like kind of breaks up the lines of a square phone behind the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way I can play whatever distracting video material my opponent may respond to. Oh, How yeah. are you going to get know, footage can... of Danny Paint's latest theatrical <laughs> works? <laughs> I was just thinking you could play Violent J's review of that first suit. <laughs> <laughs> screaming oh, I mean, think about it go anywhere i mean if you have once you do, you have like wi-fi in the joint the the world's your oyster like and if i know community there that is on somebody's instagram in like 75 30 second clips like yeah. it, we'll be able to find that shit australia or no <laughs> all right well so that's um, that's a great little mini segue anybody listening if you can find us uh, clips of Danny Payne's latest, what's his last name? Danny Carroll. Danny Carroll's latest uh, theater production. You will get a free Rage of Sigmar T-shirt. Now, since we gave out his full name, should we? I got his social security number too. Here, is that good? Oh, so <laughs> do that. Do they have social security in Australia? Um, um, not for man. long. <laughs> right. You Just have like to build here. up points to earn your number back. Like whatever your number was, you you need to earn that many points of uh, social security before you can actually get it back. Yeah. Got it. Well, good thing he's actually working construction now, so he's got a real job. Hey, he's not union. Um, anyway. Um, so you're Fane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I finished up the Fane. I'm working on a, for, um, a Forge World Keeper, which has been a pretty big challenge because it's my biggest resin model. I've never done anything that big before, so a lot of uh, hair dryer work and putty, and that's been great. But I'm like, kind of in like- the last stages of it. Go ahead. Yeah, I've always found resin models are the hardest ones for me to convert because it's it doesn't glue well with plastic and usually my kit bashes are, are coming from plastic or other resin and resin's the worst one to join to anything like resin to metal worst resin to resin is okay resin to plastic is awful it's for me it's the worst medium to work with compared to plastic kits or even metal like at least metal to metal you get some solid bonds and metal to to plastic can be doable 
I was sure. going to say the worst part about converting resin is you know the model's so expensive and so fragile, and when you're hacksawing an arm off and then you like have to <laughs> reposition it, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. if I fuck this up, I don't really get a do-over, and I can't go on eBay oh. and just buy bits. Right. So. It looks like a T-Rex is now arguing with you, and that thing was $119. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I've been like, I grabbed a... Um, uh, like a Dremel, but not the battery kind, like the plug-in-the-wall kind from work, and I've been using that to do my shaping and my mold lines and stuff. And you can run that on a really low setting, so it doesn't uh, melt the resin at all. It just kind of shaves it off. And, um, yeah, it's much better than doing blades or any of that crap where you have to, like, use your use force against the model to get it to cut. I You know, it's the Forge World Keeper is... It's a statue. It's not a, like... Yeah, like a game. I could never move this around a board. There's no chance. Maybe others can, but this thing would be, you know, in a pile of my tears before turn two, no matter what we were doing. Yeah, it's just too spindly, um, too fragile. Or men's tears. Tears, definitely, definitely tears. Tears, but tears, as far from, as tears from the one eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, um, use uh. Uh, two-part epoxy, brother, for those bonds that you're talking about. Loctite, five-minute, mm-hmm. that you get in Home Depot, equal parts, like one of them's a little yellow, one of them's a little clear. When that stuff dries, it turns into plastic. So, huh. like, it, it fills it. It is stronger than whatever's around it. That's the problem. Like, if you if you use epoxy on somebody's arm, either side of that joint is then weaker, and that's where the leverage point is. It'll break off there, but the epoxy will be fine. Right. Um. I mean, I can. This is not really good for a medium rip, like this stuff right here. Oh, okay. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah. This is such good That's podcasting. Good. I'm so glad you put that on the. I know. The video it's, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the white and the red tops. They they run about eight bucks for a pair of them at you know Lowe's or whatever your you know heartless uh, hardware store is. It's around you. Yeah. But yeah, it's the only way I've been able to like, get this thing to hold together. Super glue wasn't going to do it. I had Gorilla Glue up to my arms. And, uh, you know, that wasn't getting by. Sure. Well, what about you, Jake? Well, actually, funny you ask what I've been working on. I don't think we properly introduced you. So, Will, tell us a little <laughs> bit about where you're from, how long you've been playing Warhammer, how you got into the scene. I realize we sort of skipped uh, that segment, and Joe's not going to edit it back, but I'm going to ask him nicely if you could edit that back in I'm not earlier, going to. Joe. No, we're going to do it now. So people who are confused well, right well, now are like, who the fuck is this guy? Sort of I appreciate it, man. I'm just, you guys, in, in a year, you guys have gone from... You know, I'm not going to comment on where you were a year ago, but you guys have built something really, really quick, and I'm just happy to be a, a part of it. Like, you, you hit a niche that really resounded with me and a lot of other gamers. So, would you say that we uh, we're, we're like niche really hit on a slanish? Yeah, we're we're a slanish. Yes, yes. Okay. you 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 stimulated my slanish until I couldn't help myself, and I just had to come on your show all and, over. And then also, and then also join the podcast. <clears throat> yes. I think is that, is that good? Is that what you need? That's what you need, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. So it's talking about where we were a year ago. Um I every once in a while I still like stumble across someone on Twitter who has us blocked <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man <laughs> Oh but, a friend of Ben Diesel. <laughs> yeah. But also I think that was a defining moment for like who we are as people and if we didn't go there then we wouldn't be who we are. So like you know, I, I know some people are offended, and I know some people will always be like, yo, fuck those guys, but that's fine. I'd rather them be like that than us be a bunch of spineless fucks who aren't going to stand up for what we believe in and tell people if you act like an asshole, you're going to get treated like one. 
Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, it definitely, as far as like filling out the you know the the community that we have in Warhammer is this. There's parts of it that are louder than others, and parts of it that take up more space than others, and just the you know the lads rolling dice and drinking beers and fucking around section has been growing enormously and you guys are a big part of that you know the competitive stuff has been here as well established and it's got coverage and it's got you know bearded heartthrobs with their own shows but now now the the fun the pleasurable aspect has bearded heartthrobs with their own shows and yeah. and I'm looking at a couple right now you know and my pants are off you can't see that do you have the the Honest Wargamer up on your computer or something like that? <laughs> nah. Well, I was no, gonna, but, but really, I was going to say that okay. we, we bridge the gap. Like we do both. Yeah. And you right. know that's well, just yeah, nice because like Penty, those what, idiots what, in the Penty men they don't yeah. they just right. just jerk each other <laughs> off with their bad jokes and not being uh, funny. Casual. Fucking filthy casuals. Nerds. They're learning. They're learning. <laughs> yeah. They're learning, guys. They're they're Warhammer fantasy heads that are getting back into it. You know, yeah. from California, you gotta, you can't hold that against. You know, Jacob's from California. I um, lived there five yeah. years. Oh, 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 is he? Is he? <laughs> really? I'm from California, and then when <laughs> yeah, I moved yeah. to Tennessee, I moved onto the street, California Avenue. Wow, wow! He's, I Not just know you're the last guy on Twitter who still has the balls to put "proud member of Dub Nation" in their profile. Hell yeah! <laughs> we can definitely segue right now into. Some NBA preseason talks, if you want. Uh, but no, I actually really will. I want you to like introduce yourself. Like, tell us yeah. about how you got into the hobby. Tell us like where you're from. What what makes you tick? What makes you come? Like, whatever it is. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And then I, of course, I deflected you because that's what I do when shit gets real, as you can tell from my Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> I got into modeling and uh, and painting and stuff when I was real young with my dad doing scale models like uh you know cars and you know 18 wheeler trucks and shit like that like old Ravel kits and the testers enamel paint and you know everything's oil based and it just made a mess of it you know that whole when you used to you go into a kb toys and there's like a wall of models like from that era wow, and then KB one toys holy yeah, shit yeah man like you know retail and uh one christmas when I was probably 10, 9 or 10, I got uh, Blood Bowl 2nd Edition, the one with the foam pitch in it, the like uh, solid gray foam pitch. Nice. And, and a copy of White Dwarf, which was like like a Nurgle, a Warhammer Fantasy Nurgle profile. Like all lore and drawings and like Phil Kelly pencil sketches and just, you know, I didn't open any other present that morning. Like, I literally sat with that white dwarf for probably three solid hours and just just gobbled it up. And from then, it's always been kind of around, you know, what I could afford, and miniatures here and there. You know, I got a little bit together in college, and then, you know, this this really hot, smart, like, tornado of a girl moved in with me, and I, like, threw them all in the bottom of the closet. <laughs> and, you know, 20 years later, she's my, my partner, so they're back out of the closet. So, you know, and I can paint with my daughter now, who's just turning seven, and she's, like, my number one color smart expert. Like, if I need to know if something looks good together, if a fade works or whatever, she'll be like, no, Dad, that looks like a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's because it is, honey. I guess I'll go back downstairs. <laughs> did you did you once post a picture of, a, like, a, a black sun that you had your daughter start to paint? 
Oh, Purple Sun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What... Right. No, nah, she, um, that's done, man. Don't tell her it's not done, because <laughs> it's done. <laughs> she, uh, put, like, 17 layers of, like, clear nail polish on it, and, um, she blended, and then she, like, turned around and grabbed, like, Vallejo Air, like, magenta paint and purple paint, and then did, like, this perfect pink-to-purple blend around the eyes. I was like, what did, she just, you know, because she, she's doing it fearless. She's just don't. Right. You know, she looks like all these dudes in their videos do when they're just flowing, and it's like the, the, the physics of the painting is working because they're not like me, and like, <laughs> you know, and it looks like that. So yeah, it's it's the hobby's been been part of my life for a long time in a mm-hmm. lot of different ways. And originally, I got into it because it was something that I could do by myself. Right. But and lo and behold, you know, it's it's on the internet like every other community, and we're just I feel incredibly lucky to be fortunate of you know part of a community that I really enjoy being with and interacting with, and that puts up with my wise ass memes and mockery of you know, people who deserve it, I hope. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah, that's me. That's, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I feel like the luckiest guy in the hobby because I went from not having, you know, really anything in the game. People telling me Slanesh was going to be nerfed, you know, collecting all the models I could, cause I figured they were going to be discontinued. And then Adepticon rolls around and you know the honest war gamer is there for coverage, and I'm yep. hit, I'm hitting re- refresh on like the meeting, you know the the, the reveal meeting that yep. all the cool kids are in, and that Heat Knights book popped up, man, and I not tears. I saw that keeper model, and tears came to my eyes, man. No joke. No, yeah, yeah that was definitely. And then when you saw it. the rules, you were like, "Whoa, this is so fucking <laughs> bad! Holy shit! I, had I could no totally idea. ruin everyone's day with this." <laughs> I didn't know any of that shit. I I didn't. I purposely didn't re- listen to any of the previews, like any of the like the cool kid previews of the rules, because it's really great to listen to that stuff. But um, I find like like you ever go to the like you have take your kid to a birthday party or around your cousins or your nephews or something at, at like birthdays or Christmas, and they just like open all their presents in like thirty seconds and like where's the next thing. Like, that's what I feel like sometimes during a Battle Tome review and it's a competitive person looking at it, like, just ripping right through the experience. Oh, well, what's broken in this book is the 2 No, plus yeah, you want to discover it yourself, right? Like, you want right. to sit there and go, yeah. holy shit, I can do this? Yeah. yeah, those little moments when I'm hiding in the bathroom from my family and I need <laughs> to escape and, like, you, you know, have a little strategy moment and get my mind to think somewhere outside of, like, the laundry just for a hey. second. So I know that um, we try to keep it pretty lighthearted on the show, but uh, Will, if if your seven year old daughter is beating you, blink twice and we'll we'll call somebody. Yeah, if she's if she, she's beating you. Are you being abused, dude? You're no. hiding in the bathroom with a book, crying. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, hang on, Will. I'm a dad too, so I know what it's like. Jacob's not there yet. <laughs> well, give me four months. I'm, I'm recounting myself. I'm like, I I realize, you know, I'm um. You guys are on different different parts of your paths, and uh, there's there's a time and space. I, I'm not. I, I really really don't like it when when other dads and other people with, you know, with experience are like, "Well, you don't get it because blah 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 blah." blah. So I'm not going to do that to you guys. But well, all I'm going to say, say we don't get it. is spend the money 
on your bathroom. Make it nice. Make it nice. <laughs> smells good. You got magazine racks. You got a comfortable seat. That and a good lock. You know, a loud fan is important. It's really important. And that's where that's where your warhammer is gonna happen. And that's where your that's where your battle yeah, that's where your battle tome reviews are gonna happen, right there. You and your tome. You know, your own damn self for five so yeah, and that's. I just read my battle tomes at work like a normal American. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't get to do I that. I got to cut class work, so if I pay any attention to anything else, I'm going to end up like, uh, you know. Do you, li- you listen to podcasts at work, though? Right. You listen to podcasts at work, right? Because you said you almost yeah, dropped the door it. when you heard about Vince getting his ass eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I don't know if it was that one or if it was Darren Watson's equestrian adventure. Horsey, horsey. Oh man, <laughs> it, I, I I had a moment with that one too. It's, I uh, think somebody was working in in the the glaze in the glass shop with me that time, and I just busted out like laughter, like I was having a neurological event, and that was <laughs> I, you know never went. Oh, that's great. But uh, so yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you you have a lot of focus for you on. Interact with the community online, obviously, but it seems like your biggest um, touch point to the hobby is is building, converting, and painting. Is is what it sounds like to me. It doesn't you didn't really mention going to events or going to tournaments and getting drunk, or is that something that you're you're looking to incorporate more later on, or you just haven't gotten there yet? Or, um, well, it's something that I really haven't had the opportunity to do. Um, mm-hmm. I live in uh, Western Massachusetts, which is a fairly fairly rural area, but pretty central to like traveling to New York or Boston or Philly or whatever. But yeah. for an odd reason, and I was chatting a bit with with the aforementioned Martin Orlando the other day about this. Northeastern U.S. and Joe, you too, I, you have some perspective on this. Northeastern U.S. is a little bit behind, say, the Midwest and California, and even like the Southeast and like Atlanta region you know, t- into Tennessee than, than most areas as far as big events. You know, you have Nova's kind of like the northernmost point, it it's, seems like. It's a monetary thing. I think I think a lot of it is, like, where if you could afford to run a tournament, you might not have the space to keep the stuff. Uh, I was actually talking to Marty because Marty has mentioned the, wanting to run an event, and he's talk, he was like, I I found this place that I could do this, but they don't supply the tables. And then I found this place that wants this, but they supply the tables, but it's this. I'm like, Marty, like you're gonna have a buy-in level as a TO. There's a there is a a huge fiscal investment when you get off the like adding one or two tables a year or adding five tables a year isn't a big deal. It's the twenty you need to start with, right? Sure. That's where that's where it comes in, and um. You know, like here in New York, I've always said it would be sick to have a GT in New York, right? But there's mm. finding a place with the space that isn't going to charge you like you're having a fucking wedding is mm-hmm. is tough, dude. And like, no mm-hmm. one's going to go to an event where the, the registration is like 150 bucks. Uh, yeah, like I just paid for Bobo, and with currency exchange, it was like eighty dollars. Like that's the most I've ever paid to register for an event. LVO is expensive too, but no, but the LVO is the whole package. I'm talking about yeah registration. No, I know, but like but, yeah, LVO that's, is that's like, like what eighty bucks too after everything's said and done, right? Or it was more because you have to pay for the con. You have to, yeah, the con the con fees are expensive. Yeah, right. But yeah, there's know, layers on top of that. So so to 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 do the whole for especially in like the northeast we 
we're a lot, I feel like we're a lot more overworked. Most of us have longer commutes. New York's, New Yorkers in particular have the longest commute on average out of any American. I mean, you just don't have the free time to do it all. Sure. Uh, I think Martin's area is good because he's down by Philly. He's in way south Jersey. I think he could right. definitely do it, but it's still like also people yeah. in our age group have a hard time affording homes too, you know? It's, it's, I mean, Martin's all that avocado toast, man. You just not yeah. need to cut back. It's so <laughs> good, though. It's so fucking good. An avocado is a dollar fifty, and a slice of bread is probably thirty cents. And I'll never afford a home. Come to Western Massachusetts, brother. Uh, I can't. It's one of the pockets. I hate the Bruins, and the Red Sox, <laughs> the Celtics. And we're back to sports. <laughs> nah, I. And I can't Kipsy. I'm a I'm a broken Knicks fan. Oh, I feel bad. Every Knicks fan is a broken Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except the ones that are, like, online and they have, like, they're the process guys. They've been, like, yeah. on the process for, like, 15 sure. years. Anyway, I diverted you guys again. But um, to answer your question, uh, Jacob, um, I do, I love playing. I really do. And I, I play any opportunity. It's just a question of getting, like, the equivalent of, like, a round of golf worth of time. Sure. You know, to play is, is can be tough. I got a young family and, you know, and this, that, and the other, and I'm sure that will change as, as time goes by. Um, and the way that I kind of satisfy my need for the hobby is through all these other things. And that's that's what's kind of led me to this idea of looking at the hobby as a purely pleasurable thing, even if your goal is to win. If you take pleasure from winning, like there's ways to approach it like winning. I, I see a lot of the the, the, the the emotions that winning brings relief. Like people who win are like, ah, yeah, I did it, you know, I made it. Mm-hmm. And that almost seems like pleasure, you know, it, but it, in some senses it seems like they've been putting this pressure on them to achieve this goal, and then the pressure's relieved, and that yeah. feels good. But it's not, it, it may not, and then just even this week you see some, some I'm not going to, you know, call anybody out, but like some larger names on Twitter in AOS community, people that have like John Scrivo icons, talking about how they're feeling burned out and how they're, you know, a little disillusioned with what to do. Mm-hmm. And from names, you know, that you wouldn't expect that people who win all kinds of awards and tournaments and are, you know, on this all the time. And maybe that burnout is because that that loop of of what they're getting for the game isn't enough. And maybe yeah. there's other ways that we can think about these things. Well, I don't so want to like, bury the lead in, like, take too much of what's going to be our main segment of talking about how to make AOS pleasurable, brought to you by Slot Anichi. But, um, I mean, that, that what you're saying resonates a lot to me. Because... Right? That's what we'll be doing going forward. There's so many different ways to look at that in the hobby, in, in the actual, you know, the game, the painting, all that. There's so many different ways to look at that. That's what yeah. I will hopefully be bringing to the uh, Dwellers Below Global Empire of Media Conglomerates, LLC. You're fired. Cut the tape, Joe. We're All right. done. All right. You're out of here. Get out of here. Get get out of your own house. Get out. I'll, I'll, take, Just... my, uh, I'll take my my appropriated theme song and, and get out of here. Yeah, so anthem we're using for our podcast. Right. Anthem we're using for our podcast. We're a bunch of white guys <laughs> in another country. <laughs> we'll to show after if you after this show he talks about black people reaching for a brighter day. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I've been listening. To a, I've been really listening to a lot of Run the Jewels too, Will. So, love Killer Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Mike's on the campaign trail, baby. Yeah, that's the he's the man, dude. I love that shit. Anyway, um, so, I love the and they're great people, and they've got big hearts, and they respond when there's problems in their community, and you know, are a great presence to have around. So, I'm not accusing them of of anything that they haven't actually done. Yeah, hell yeah. Yep. So, J- Jake. <laughs> What have you been working on, bud? Because that's where we're at. All right, so we're going to get into <laughs> games played. So have you guys gotten any games lately? Uh, I went to a little no, three... I, ra- what? what? No, I was going to actually answer your question. Have you actually hobbied? Oh, good, yeah. dude. Sick. Yeah, I've been, I, I've been trying out contrast paints. I've been um, trying out a couple Zenithal highlights with um, just with a rattle can to then use contrast over. I'm still going to go back in and line highlight. but uh, So my Stormcast Warband is like, they're all base-coated. Uh, they're all converted and out of um, like sequiturs and and sacrosanct models, but all the ones in Warcry are all the the Vanguard guys, like the the hunters and the raptors and all that. So I've been just kit bashing and throwing way too uh, much on every model to give it a lot of character. I got a lot of like the handbow bits and shit. If mm-hmm. you want me to send them your way, because I know you've sent me some, you know, uh, you sent me plenty of Stormcast bits. I could send some back your way if you want. No, I got I got I got more than enough. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my main hobby that I've been working on. I'm also planning a... I don't know if you guys have played Warcry, but it's played on a 22 by 30 uh, horizontal board, and then you can stack layers of terrain and stuff like that. I'm actually planning on turning a Warcry board vertical, so having a 22-inch tall board with like probably six or seven layers of um, like scaffolding and gangway on the side of a cliff, and having a really difficult game where you play on a vertical space, but you sit next to your opponent instead of across from them, and... You, oh, you turn wow. every map vertical, so it's going to be a pain in the ass. But Anthony Polcastro is printing me like all the planks and and like Escape from Goblin Town style. Um, like that's really uh, cool. It's got like a real Star Trek chess vibe. Yeah, everyone's out here playing checkers. I'm out here playing Star Trek <laughs> Like a uh, like a side view, like an old school, uh, like a video game, like, like a platform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like like basically, it's. We're going to be playing Donkey Kong, but it's going to be called Warcry. Uh, nice. <laughs> Wonky Kong. Um, nice. Well that's played. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, so let's, go to, let's, go, let's talk about some games we played. Joe, you said you played at a, a play, three-day tournament? I played at a one-day or three-game tournament uh, in Brooklyn, Martin Orlando. He keeps coming up, dude. Uh, he ran it. Uh, it was cool. Um, I went 2-1, and one, took third place, uh, won both painting awards, so I won fifty percent of all the prize support at the event. So, nice. Yeah. And there were how many people at this one? Fourteen. Uh, yeah, I think four. Oh, 16. sixteen. Oh man, you're moving up in the world. Normally, pretty... you take best painted at a fourteen person tournament. No, I've I've taken it at over a thirty person tournament. Maybe one day I'll get it at like a yeah. Real tournament. A real tournament. No, don't. Like a two day tournament. No, I got it at Basin War Gamers event. That's not funny. That's not funny. Remember that time you won? You won. Um, uh, that tournament that only had like 40 people at it and we all made fun of you for it the Infernal Zoo and I do remember it, that and all you got was like some alcohol soaked, uh, soaked pomegranate seeds and... no all I got was all I got was pomegranates <laughs> oh yeah and then I used that I poured I like put the, the pomegranate seeds into bottles of tequila and infused some tequila yeah well this uh this tournament like Alex just had a big table 
of stuff to take, and Jacob took the pomegranates because. And it was funny because Alex has had this house with like an Asian garden in the center, like the whole house surrounded it. it had like this courtyard in the middle, and he had a big pomegranate tree. <laughs> so they were just like thrown at his house and shit. It was pretty awesome. It, there was like amazing. all the prize support, but um, because he announced best overall last, everyone else had like taken all of the good things. It's either a tree man kit, which I like, I have three tree men, I don't want another one. I guess I'm taking four pomegranates home. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. That's amazing. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I only, I only win tournaments that are like 30 to 40 people. But if it's smaller than that, I always screw up. And if it's bigger than that, I always screw up. Uh, so if I'm at a 34-person tournament, you better watch the fuck out. But, like, yeah. 29 people, you're safe. <laughs> I don't know, man. I could just, like, throw some frosting on a dice, and I figure I got you taken care of. Yeah, poison yes, die. Absolutely. Poison die. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have to put frosting on it. <laughs> no, like, you know, some of those, like, really, like, those just hot-ass D&D fetish dice that people make that are, like, all rainbow and cast and, like, razor heads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll just lay that on the table in front of you. You got no chance. Yep, I'll be... I mean, like, that, Tide Pods, like, I'm just done. I got yeah, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, they got just, those just for the record, now. for the record, Pika's not a joke. If you have Pika, <laughs> seek help. It's like that time my wife tried to eat Vince's display board when she was pregnant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, that looks, looks really like tasty. Frosty. No, it's drywall, Lindsay. It's drywall. <laughs> oh man, snack. Will, have you had any uh, interesting games recently, or? Um, let's see. the The last time I played AOS was probably about six weeks ago, and it was a good game. It was against a guy that I play with fairly often named Aiden. Um, what's up, Aiden? You'll never hear this, but that's okay. Um, and he's like he's younger and kind of growing into other things, but really enthusiastic about about AOS, you know, as as much as, like, a 19-year-old who finally got, like, a real job can be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of hard to play. So, uh, so when we play, he's, you know, just wants to run across the table screaming. And um, that's great. And then you and, play Warhammer. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't make those jokes about people with teen at the end of their name anymore. It's just once you hit 40, it's like it's too big a gap. Like if I was in my 30s, I'm with you. You know, we, we'll do that. But like uh, you sure. turn the corner, yeah. you got to update. You got to you got to bring the floor up a little bit. Yeah, is what I'm saying. That's, that, all I'm, that's good. You know. So you're not going to Jerry Seinfeld anyone in your lifetime, right? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> or Woody Allen. Yeah, no. <laughs> no or good. insert name Leonardo of a plus year old <laughs> person in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good and, thing we're not Weinsteining anyone here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, Who's yeah, the guy who I just died? Too. Epstein. How come? Wait a second. I'm seeing a trend here. They are all older men with younger They're people. They're all really yeah. rich is what they are. They're all really rich white yeah, guys. And they've got that New York that. sense of humor. Is that what you're going to say, Joe? <laughs> what is yeah. up with that? I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> what is the deal? <laughs> What's the why deal? Did, why did Bill and Melinda Gates funnel charitable donations through Epstein? Why did they do that? They have a foundation of their own. Why do they need to funnel them through him? Well, I don't know. Him. Bill Gates is a bad person. He just wants you to think he's a good person. Okay. So I play Frostgrave. Oh, um, that game's excellent. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... I my AOS prospects actually around here have, have gone up 
recently I met a couple of people who, who play out of um, Brattleboro, Vermont, which is about 20 minutes north of where I'm at. Um, but uh, just you guys have to excuse German- me for a moment. Yep. Go on. I'm listening. Um, about... Uh, I was looking at Warcry, I was looking for a skirmish game, and I kind of made a mistake with Kill Team on the other side of things, thinking that was going to be like my quick, my one-off game. But I found that my games with Kill Team were not taking any less time, or really like maybe like a half an hour less, than basically a game of AOS that I already knew how to play. And um, the rules were kind of thin, and I kind of, you know, I I ended up selling all my Kill Team stuff and all my 40k stuff to fund the Slanesh Army. So that worked out. Um... But I really wanted to, you know, I love the, the idea of the skirmish. Like, some the white dwarfs that I had when I was a kid that I really loved were the Mordheim issues, where they had sure. just those, those ground-level shots of the Mordheim, you know, drown me in wooden gantries and ladders, man. Like, yeah. your, your, your vertical idea, I was just like, man, I just want to watch that. You know, yeah. I want to magnetize them all and have them climb in the walls. Um but yeah, so Frostgrave is is fun as hell, and uh, luckily I found a, a guy. Um, what's up, Robert? If you ever hear this, uh, who was like just way way into it, like knew it the game inside and out, and and was a really good teacher of it too, which are not the same thing. I mean, it's really easy, I think, to be good at AOS and not be good at teaching it, which is why, you know, playing against new players really isn't for everybody. Sure. Um, yeah, demo games take a lot of. It's like a different skill set. Yeah, you got to expect to maybe not even play a game and just talk for a couple hours and move you some shit around. More being like, uh, like a GM with your own army. Right, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so that's basically what he did for me with Frostgrave, and that's I got like, I met some of the other guys who play it, and they're all like really good, really kind of precise board gamer types. So they go sure. like right after the gold, and they go after the grimoires. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a little. Um, a little, uh, you know, a little of our particular style into it, maybe, shall we say? And I'm going to run a team of um, that all are like witch hunters and just go for their heads, like just fuck <laughs> the treasures. I'm I'm coming and I'm burning witches, and I'm like so, I got ten flagellants. says yeah. I'm ca- I'm taking heads. Well, no, I got a witch. Hunt- I got an old school uh, Ralpartha witch hunter coming. I got on oh, eBay for. Nice. A hot six dollars is coming in. Um, That's he's a really good price for for that line. Like, the... a, and if you go on, you type in fantasy metal miniature and then flip it low to high. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. Maybe it's just for for nostalgia's sake, but you find some really cool, cheap miniatures that well, look, you know, for ahead. like all those old models. Um, like, some of them are awful. Some old models are just really poorly designed, and you've got, like, the linebacker pose. But you've also got some old models that have so much character to them, and, like, maybe the the pose isn't super dynamic, but the rest mm-hmm. of the model is so characterful and so much fun. Like, right. they, they, they stand the test of time. Some of these, like, um, I'm thinking about, like, the halfling hot pots, for example. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Just, like, random little things that have no place in any game, but also would fit in any conversion that you want to do. Sure. I don't know. Did you? Maybe this was a little bit before your your hobby time. Um, there used to be like there was Dragon Magazine, right? Which was like a general fantasy D and D kind of right. TSR. I think TSR may have put it out actually, or, or been involved. But in the back, you could send away for free catalogs from miniatures companies. They would send right. you these catalogs for free, and they what they were was just black and white pictures that somebody then makes a, a newsprint collage. They're mm-hmm. like 
metal miniature dipped in black, like floor polish or something. Right. <clears throat> so you can see the detail. And because I had no money and I couldn't afford any miniatures, I would send away for these catalogs. Yep. And so all that old Ralph Partha stuff, all that old um, Marauder miniature stuff that you sure. know, to outsource, like that's that's my nostalgia warehouse. So I don't, you know, I jump on that shit anytime I can get it. But my only rule is that it's got to be under ten bucks shipped. Oh wow! Okay. So then that keeps you know keeps me from oh I'm only buying one little miniature at a time, and I just like bought a start collecting box over the course of a month. Right. You know, versus, and it, you know, it, it's fun because then it's like it helps make the decision for you, and then you you jump on something when you see something weird, and you know, it, it'll come from Georgia for seven dollars and fifty cents. Uh, yeah, I'll take that deal. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I I played a bit of Frostgrave back in the day, but I've I think that Frostgrave and Warcry are probably eighty percent the same game with a couple mm-hmm. little changes. Um, so I, I definitely would would encourage you to give give Warcraft. Right? Also, isn't your your Frostgrave band is all made up of Feck anyway, right? So you could probably just port them over to to Warcry. Yeah, I've got. Well, I ran the the Frostgrave. I I used those dudes because they were all painted because I was mm-hmm. going to play for the first time, and I yeah. just ran them as like necromancers or whatnot. But for actual for when I do play Frostgrave, I want to use these these witch witch hunter dudes. The Feck sure. models are cool. Um, it, they're, they're all real killy though looking and they don't really fit how you build a Frostgrave band you know, they band, yeah where there's like yeah. one central person who then hires the extras right and they're all like they don't look wizardy enough for me they don't look like themed to the game I want to make sure. it a little bit unique. you know I don't use fully painted stuff you know just because it looks better but that's the whole point of getting into a new game is you know just exploring that and in, in looking down the road it's simple enough I want to my daughter's already like got her nose in that book and already like looking at all the best spells and like Heck well yeah. I always roll it I was like well what do you think you'd roll she'd be like oh I'm always going to roll a 20 I'm like alright you carry that out <laughs> you got it you know you'll stop me yeah so Frostgrave is really where I've been I've been putting it in I'm looking down the road you know to play more AOS is going to take more time than I have right now mm-hmm. but with with meeting these these guys from Brattleboro which is nearby that probably get into maybe like thousand point games try to figure out how to make that a little bit more Doable. That fits into what we're going to talk about later. I think a smaller point. Uh, it makes what we're going to talk about later makes smaller point games more appealing. I think than yeah. we're all used to kind of thinking about. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm back. Just so you guys know, I'm back. back. I'm back. Back, back. in um, action. And we have a priority roll. There's a um a cool little narrative event half. out in uh in Vermont. My buddy uh buddy of the show Luke Snell moved out to Vermont. Uh, to open a new business that he's working on, um, but he distillery, um, yeah, CBD distillery. Um, uh, I think I know who that is. I run across him on Discord. But go ahead, Luke's Yeah, Luke. He's a good guy. But um, that motherfucker went to an event that's like a two-day Warhammer event with camping and like cookouts. It's in Vermont, yeah. and it sounds totally dope. So that's Warhammer Camp is is my dream, man. I want to do that so bad. <laughs> yeah, that Save sounds like a good time, right? You find find a campground that has like like the main, the hall, like just the hall that is at every camp, right? Yeah. Where all the that's where you do it. Everything out, your cabins or tents. Yeah, it sounds pretty that's, lit. I'm so, getting real sweaty. Private property. Yeah, oh, I'm getting really sweaty. Um, so are we? I'm not doing. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
are we going on to uh i'm sorry i was gone everybody but i had a my child needed me for a little bit so um, you could have played it off like you never left and no, we even okay. gave you that no, he uh, wants everybody to know that he's a good dad and it's good it's okay yeah. we you're a good dad joe yeah thanks bro i wish my wife would say that um <laughs> <laughs> i'm just Yikes. kidding she tells me that all the time um the, that Are we moving on to listeners, listener questions? Is, that, is sure. that where we're at? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, because can... honestly, I know Will has like a little bit of a time cap for his uh, segment. I don't want him to rush through it. So let's get through listener questions. We'll take a short break, and then we'll be moving on to uh, how to make your AOS experience more pleasurable with Slen Ice. I got like, like, I got about, like a little, just like about an hour left, man. So I'm, I'm all yours. Okay. Worst case scenario, just we drop half the listener questions and come back to them later because these questions are dumb for example the first question coming from randy uh, this is actually for you will how badly is jacob wishing he was coming to CanCon to watch joe and me make fools of ourselves to the world oh man you know what i'm going to take it outside of the box a little bit here i think on some level at first you were disappointed but you're expecting your first child and when you your brain goes back to that thought it cuts through everything else that could possibly be on your mind like a fucking Russian ice crusher. And the I, even the going to CanCon, even seeing your boys and, and drinking, you know, Randy's purple sweaty nut juice or whatever you guys call that it's shit. It's called a fruit tingle. Oh, my yeah, God, it's so good. <laughs> I know. I should, sure, I was in a discount grocery the other day. I sent him a picture, and I found a mixer for it. It's called Tickle Water. <laughs> it's like really shitty, really shitty, shitty, like kids seltzer. Like someone's trying to market like green apple seltzer to kids. So you throw that in. All right, so it'll be like a tickle tingle. Um, uh, <laughs> right, like, I I'm, like pitch- I'm picturing my my nephew. My nephew's four, <laughs> and he's always like tickle tickle. <laughs> so he's like, ah, tickle tingle. His face when he's saying it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. In your picture. Um. So, yeah, so, uh, damn it, I had it back, and Joe, you, you fucking knocked me off my spot again. Um, Sorry. Tickle okay. water. Oh, how bad are you missing it? Yeah, no, I think oh, yeah. that at first you were missing it, and but that, that, that looking down, looking at, at your, your family growing and what that means, you don't really feel that bad about it. That's what I'm going to say. That's my answer to Randy. You're like 99.9% correct. And uh, I'll also say that what's nice about CanCon being exactly when my wife is due is with any luck, I'll actually either have the kid already or it's going to be, like, right when the kid's being born, so I won't even be looking at my phone, and I won't have all the FOMO of, like, seeing all these yeah. pictures and getting all these, these voice yeah. messages. What, no, dude, you need and to be goes, there because... If she goes early, you can be sitting up and watching the coverage while you're holding a baby for 19 hours in a row. Yeah, yeah. and what's great, too, is I need you to pay attention to your phone because bail money, two word bail money. International <laughs> <laughs> bail money? Yeah. Um, Randy also asked, is Jacob not pitching out and coming to Bobo with Joe, or is he still avoiding me? Uh, no comment. That's going to be, like, right in the heart of my paternity leave. Does Randy have, that's just curiosity, does anybody know that? Is that a personal question? Is Is Randy a father? Do we know that? Is he a dad? Yeah. He has a dog. Um. That doesn't count. So (laughs) I I was like, I just want to know whether he's, like, as a dad trolling Jacob, or he just would never, like... <laughs> just as a person, he's just as he's doing it, just okay. from the the bottom of his heart. He also I just like to appreciate level here. <laughs> he also yeah. wants to know why his nips are hard right now. Uh, probably because it's still a little chilly in Australia, mm. or because Will's on the show. Let's yeah. be real. Good point. He's the nip king. Yep. Sweet. And then, if AOS had a union, what purpose would it serve? 
I that's thought, a really great question, especially with Cities of Sigmar coming out. I would think that an AOS union would represent the players and their interactions with the tournament organizers and would be able to to guarantee a better experience for everyone playing because they could say, as the AOS union, we would like to ensure that this part of the game is used. Like, you know, like, oh, we don't want to see um, realm rules in effect or we don't want to do this or we prefer sports or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, we would just use it to steal money from people. Anyway. I, I took that question a lot more in the narrative direction. I feel like, uh, you know, you're like, you're... Your free guild guardsmen have have a system in place to go from being a guardsman to eventually get to be a great sword, a great swordsman and get this Y hander or like you've got the the like you know archers who no longer exist so now they've all been upgraded to crossbowmen but they have a way in place to like upgrade to the cool job where they get to stand by the hellstorm battery. Aren't they the same kit? So like you're gonna eventually people who don't know are gonna buy a kit with bits in it for something that doesn't exist. Sure, but. You know, that also still happens with other kits. Yeah. Like, they still sell Glade Guard. They're not in the city's book. I'm actually super hopeful that means that they're going to get their own book, like yeah, Kurnothi and what the, else. But right. the the rest of them are in the book. The Wild right. Riders are in the book. Yep. The uh, Eternal Guard are in the book. Yes. Yeah. So if I'll... you could stop just yeah. diarying I... on my dreams. Hang on. What there, else well, is in the book? Jam, like you think about what the high elves and their friends could be, and that's that's going to be all new models, right? At this point, like they're not. The light, we think the light elves or the shadow elves, whichever one comes out first, will probably be a new, like a whole new line. Right. I think I think you're going to see the return of dark elves. You're going to see like you a, think so? a chaos elf. Hell yeah, dude! Oh oh oh! Like actually, chaos or shadow elves. You yeah. don't mean like. Like Darkling Coven's getting its own book. No, 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 no. I mean, like an actual. Oh, we're elves that are really evil. That yeah. don't mind the evil elves that exist in regular life in the city's book. We're like the we're the yeah. we're the new goth elves. Like they're like the Pesh Mode elves. Pets. The new ones are going to be like the the Marilyn Manson or like right. yeah. Oh shit! Oh, oh! <laughs> I got scared for a second. Yeah. All right. Um, no. The real Joe Pagano asks, why is bitch ass a hymn of serpents impersonating me? Who's going to win the AOS multiverse challenge, and why is it Blandy Savage? When does Seth get back from vacation? I miss him. I'm going to answer all of those with one thing. He's not. That worked for all three of those. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was terrific. Yep. Also, in the very likely scenario that a hymn of serpent gets me killed or imprisoned at CanCon, what's your plan of action? I'm going to answer that with the same exact thing. He's not. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gorgeous. Captain Morgan. Next up is... mm. Do you want to even answer this one? How do you overcome the banality of your existence or an, ex- or an existential abyss devoid of hope? Question for Seth. Seth is dead. Um, well, what you do Seth. is you, every, every <laughs> maybe six to seven weeks you spawn another Twitter account based around your own name and one picture that somebody took of you one time? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's a good one. That's a good one. I just... Yeah, that's such a good answer and I wish you had said it in like five syllables, seven syllables, and then five syllables again. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, as a haiku. Right. Yeah. Glad you got that, Joe. Thanks that for explaining... Things- down to our audience. Excuse me, I mansplained haikus to people. No, it's a haiku. It means that you're that that like you're really you know he's a, he's a warrior poet. 
Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis on union. Uh, all right. Next question comes from <laughs> Prince Vanderberg or Price Vanderberg. I always say Prince. Uh, he asks, "What is the best relic for a steam tank commander, and why is it thermal rider cloak?" All right, <laughs> I just think it's very ridiculous that a guy puts on a cloak and his whole tank gets to fly. <laughs> He's um, lifting it, fucker. He's Superman. He's, He's supermaning it. Like it, it makes sense when you look at uh, Alariel, right? She can fly, and the beetle—they they like narratively said like the beetle like disappears or de decomposes, and then like a new one pops up right underneath her. Also, mm. beetles have wings, so they could fly too. Those both make sense. Steam tank. Also makes a ton of sense. Same reasons apply. Yeah, um, I think it's I don't know. It's some famous AOS celebrity that I probably offended at one point. Uh, maybe it's Tomlin or I don't know. Anyway, they have an army of steam tanks. They did because they're playtesters, so they've known this has been a thing oh, forever. No, it's Ben Johnson. He's literally yeah. like the studio designer. Yeah, and one of them has like Dwarden dirigibles, and I'm guaranteeing you that's going to be the one with the thermal rattle cloak. Yeah, dude. He that was when they released it. The uh, the book, they had a, a special on the community page that was kit bashing Cities of Sigmar, and it was that army, which is great. Yeah, but it's also like, you know, two to three pages of, um, we didn't give you any new models, so buy these really <laughs> expensive models and make them doubly expensive, but do the same rules as the st- the old models. Yeah, and no endless spells, and have a nice day. Well, but they. They they make every endless spell better. Also, yeah, like, they, they yeah, get, no new models, no the, new models, no I new terrain. They necessarily should have endless spells. I'm not looking at it that way, but like the terrain piece, the peripheral stuff that sure. like they didn't get a new commander, like they didn't get a new one. Not dude. even one model. Neither did the yeah. orc, yeah. orc lands, though. Yeah, and it, well, that's a good point. And and I was uh, actually at the game store yesterday, and what I met this guy that I was talking about from Brattleboro. He had his city's book in his hand, and in his other hand, he had um, the Anvil Guard box that came out way back when, the city's box. And he's like, this box makes, I look, he's looking at the battalions, and he's like, if I buy this box, I still can't use what's in this book, and this box is $170. And it's Anvil yeah. Guard, Anvil Guard, you know, and it's like that, I wonder if there was some internal jankiness that those boxes in this book didn't line up, you know, it. If they had if they had managed to pull off putting out this book and the Anvil Guard box and the um, what was the other one the Greywater Fastness yeah whatever that is if they had it all come out together like everybody working at Game Shop Games Workshop today would have a summer home like people would have sold their cars to get that shit if it all lined up like if you could get the battalion in a box and it was with right. the book so well and they, they did that for a bit with like with daughters you can literally just buy. The battal- like the battalions are start collecting boxes, right? Like Slaughter Troop. You could buy Slaughter Troop. You could buy Shadow Patrol. Right. And then I guess they decided, like, hey, communicating internally for a company to put out products that people will want to buy and play with is too much work. You never <laughs> so feel like they're... Let's they're, go back to it. They do certain box sets to move models that don't normally move on their own. Like, so they'll like be like... Cryptus uh, and, like, the... Yeah. Here's the stuff that we don't, we're not selling a lot of, so we'll put it in a start collecting with stuff, and it makes sense. Oh, that person's going to buy it because they're getting the small discount, or they yeah. might want to just grab that off the shelf. And or sure. or if you do want the model and it's they don't carry a ton of stock of it, it might be the only way you can go buy the model impulsively. You know, mm-hmm. so you're not going to move it the way you want to. 
Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, back to Bryce's question. He's saying, got... Sorry, what you're saying, Joe, is happening independent of their rules and when the rules come out. Yeah. Like those that, that packaging is happening and they're not lining that up with what people need for the rules very often. When it happens, it's an accident. Yeah, you know, it seems. Yeah. Like. It seems, but I don't think Games Workshop has ever lined up their sales practices to their rules. Well, I'm really glad they're giving out five million pounds worth of bonuses to their employees. That's fucking awesome. But maybe like give out four million pounds to, and spend a what? million pounds knocking down the walls between those two offices. So is the, I want, my my question is is that five million pound that they're giving out is that going to all employees or is it going to like eight employees who probably didn't do half the work and then make a nine steam tank army. As far as I understand it, it was all I, the only article I saw that was the amount and it was dispersed to all of their full time employees. I don't know if everybody got the same chunk, but they're probably not. But seemed, still, still, that they're giving out yeah. a bonus is nice. Although yeah, that's great. And they the, no, that's it, the sure, it, and they're very, very successful. It, it, the more that more I see of that, the higher expectations I think we have for this stuff. The expectations we would have for any other company, really, they yeah. like, just have to be about hobby. Yeah, you know, they're just kind of like this, this like, oh, you know, we're hobbyists, we're we're just doing this the best we can, you know, bear with us. And it's like you didn't hire anybody who does that. <laughs> You're not no. hiring. And from, you like, can hire level. people with a marketing degree who can help you with this. Like I know yeah. not everyone who still works there is from the like group of D and D nerds in 1975 who's like still right. feeling their way through the business. Like no, Citad- like they're like Citadel is almost like a completely separate entity entity now too. Like that was all back in the day. Those guys they didn't start as Games Workshop. They started as no. Citadel. Citadel right? and White Dwarf. Yeah. Right. So. Um, well, these are not common complaints, but you know, complaining doesn't isn't isn't pleasurable. So let's, uh, let's uh, move unless you're Carl Pilkington. The, I, yeah. Well, the moaning of life. Milkington. Charles Pilkington. Whatever. <laughs> This joke is going so far over my head. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't get it either. Oh, he's the guy. Oh, nice. he's Joe, the... did you get it? <laughs> yeah, I got it because I made it. Um, <laughs> you guys don't know who Carl Pilkington is? He was on the... Uh... Is that the idiot abroad guy? Yeah, the idiot abroad guy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Price also asked, how do you deal with a desire to get an army on the table quickly to start playing versus wanting to really take your time and make it look good? Um, the way I deal with that is I have an army that I rushed and that's the army that I said I would play while I made all my other armies look good and that's how I did it. Uh, yeah. That's that's your late night text, isn't it? That's your what's up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey girl, you up? <laughs> You're yeah. not taking her out for dinner. No. What are you doing? No. <laughs> Just no. three three letters W Y D. Yeah. Just sitting in your closet collecting dust. It's okay, Deepkin. Let's go for a ride. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I've been looking forward to the next question so much. Let's hit it. All right. Tristan Gray asks, what's your favorite band from Washington? And then I replied, DC or State? He said, dealer's choice. I'm doing both. Washington State will be Straight Edge Legends, ex-Champion X, who lost their exes in their name when everyone found out their singer was uh, hitting on young women and might might have dodged a rape charge. So the bet the band was good. And then DC <laughs> is Darkest Hour. So they shred. Cool. My favorite band from Washington is obviously because I'm a white guy who listens to rap, Macklemore. <laughs> wow, he's a band. Three, 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 three. No, <laughs> that joke didn't hit. All right, Will, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Washington State. I'm gonna go um, 
I'm going to go Jimi Hendrix Experience, the band, the whole band. So, and I'm going to go uh, DC, I'm going to go Bad Brains. Nice. Oh, nice. Ban- Have you I seen that, that Core Hammer shirt? I think shirt? that's real. I think that's a real name, Joe. Bad Brains is real, yes. Um, Bad Brains has a t-shirt, and it's like it says, like, band in D.C., because they're a political band. But someone, Core Hammer, they're like a, a Warhammer group of hardcore dudes in England, uh, had a t-shirt that said band in GW, and it was, like, striking the Games Workshop store and shit. It was pretty <laughs> fucking tight. Like, they had the moshing Space Marine logo and shit. Um. So this next question is my favorite question. Well, I don't want to go. I just want to. I just want to publicly declare my love for Tristan Gray and say that he is like the epitome of what an AOS coach is. Like he coaches everybody. He takes care of all of us. This guy. He's kind of so mean to us. He's really mean. On <laughs> He's kind of mean to us. He said I look like that, the penguin you know from you Batman. Guys like that. No, I don't. It really <laughs> hurt my feelings. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. Feelings are for women. No, he made you um, feel something, and you weren't used to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, who, All right, so, so this next question is my favorite question <laughs> we've ever gotten on the show. It comes from Jerry Kane. You can find him on Twitter, at Woodland King. He says, who were those British guys at the end of your recent podcast? I looked up at Bruce Hammer XXX2 looking for some Warhammer content, but had to watch the butt-fucking instead. So it turns out... <laughs> Turns out our friends the Bruces who are you can find them on uh, on Twitter at Bruce Hammer XXX2. Uh, they're a, a Warhammer <laughs> club out of England. They've adopted us. But uh, turns out there's another person on Twitter named Bruce Hammer, and he apparently uh, this is unconfirmed. <laughs> I haven't checked. No, I checked. I checked. He's a goddamn professional. <laughs> and by professional, we mean he eats a lot of other men's asses and pounds the shit out of them, I assume. I assume. <laughs> yeah, he's a gay porn star, so that was a lot of fun. That was, yeah, that's probably the best. <laughs> they, throw, throw him a follow and ask him what his thoughts are on the City of the Sigmar book. <laughs> yeah, man. That would be so funny if we got the whole AOS ask community. Ask him about his steam tank. Dude, we got to get this guy... <laughs> The porn <laughs> the, the honest war gamer has a Pornhub stream, and I've been racking my brains. Like, of course, like I want to be the first one to put a video up there, right? But like, how can I do that and not absolutely just burn my family life to the ground? But this guy, <laughs> he could do he can, it. He can be our Pornhub mascot. <laughs> he could be like, you could send him like Bruce Hammer film, film, film the the triple X version of uh, Relocation Orb. You know, what would that look like for you? Send him the scenario. Send him, like, the battle plan. No explanation. And then he can, like, interpret that in his own special art form. It's like, oh, it's got two bras. One's upside down. Cool. Let's figure this out. Right, right. You bounce. Those are not in his movies. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, Martin really Orlando. Martin yeah. Orlando. What do you ask? Thoughts on the books said, that were all the yeah. rage, no pun intended, in 2018, early 2019, like Prefect, still competitive going into 2020? Um, yeah, dude. I think they'll be. What came out? What came out pre-Feck and Skaven? Daughters, Legion of the Gash, Gloomspite, so, Deepkin, Beasts, Nurgle. All right. So I think yeah. I think Deepkin gets a total buff post cities, totally. post Orc Warclans. Like Deep Deepkin's like gonna definitely shoot up because now that shooting is gonna be a part of the tournament scene, the Deepkin are gonna, you know. Well, and nothing changed about the way Deepkin played. So, like, Slanesh and Fire Slayers and Fects, like, fight first or make someone fight last stuff, there's stuff that's counteracting that or, or sort of, like, interacting with it uh, in terms of, like, the order of operations. But Deepkin still have their incredibly powerful, like, one turn of this game, 
all of our shit still swings first, but the other parts of the Tides of Doom are also really good. The run and charge, the retreat and shoot. Like, there's a lot going Especially on there that makes if you for take good I- objective play. Iron Rark and you run Gortrek, Gotrek with you, and then you get run and charge at Gotrek. That's I really it. want to do that, but I have to have 1,500 points of Ideneth. <laughs> I'll end it to you. Um, Sweet. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, Marty, I think things are going to stay shame. I'm not going to go crazy about, like, oh, the meta's changed, like, ra- the meta's, like, changing rapidly, and that's fine. You, what, I feel like a lot of people who chase filth are gonna get butthurt and, like, upset about it, which is fine, because I kind of feel like you deserve that. You should play this game. They're kind of looking for that experience, man. I've come to the conclusion there's a certain group of competitive players that enjoys being pissed off by what GW does or by what other gamers do, and it's part of their experience, so I can't hate on it. Like, they, they get pleasure out of that, yeah, of, the, of being complaining, you know? It's okay. People get pleasure out of a lot of strange things. Yeah, like, when they're... And complaining about that is, is an easy one. They're, like, talking about how broken your army is as they're beating you, and it's like that scene in Kill Bill when she's laying on the floor, and he's all like, do you find me sadistic? Believe me, this is at my most masochistic... <laughs> like wiping blood off her face and shit. Yeah, that's it. So, all right, real quick, because we should either jump to Will's segment or we can do rapid fire one word answers, and I'm just going to bounce the questions off of each of you. What do you guys want to do? Rapid fire. It's up to um, it's up to you, Will, because you're you're pressed for time. Well, why don't we go to this segment then, and I can kind of rather than getting like super nuts deep into Slanesh, so to speak, I kind of yeah. go my overall, like, kind of what I started to before, like, how I'm Definitely. just looking at the game. And I'll throw out a couple of examples of maybe how you could temper some of the, like, the, couple, the two big rules in Slanesh that give people trouble. And I'll look for your perspective on that, Joe, since you played them at that tournament. Okay, Perfect. so what I'm going to do right now is we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back after a musical interlude. We return from the depths of the bad man With a gun and a knife and a waistband With the war with the devil and Shaytan He wore a bad toupee and a spray tan So high now, hoping that I land On a tie stick, moving through Thailand On the radio, heard a plane hijack Government being that like the cook crack I'm moving a world of conspiracies Obey no rules, I'm doing me Smoke kush, transport to the airport Customs found a joint in my passport Full cash and I gave what he asked for God damn it, it's a motherfucking miracle Small bride made it back into America Hit Uber and maneuvered out the area Rhyme animal, pit bull terrier Rap terrorist, terrorized, paired up Brought gas in the matches to flare it up Militant Michael, Michael, psycho On any ally or rival Born black, that's dead on arrival My job is to fight for survival In spite of these all lives matter as white folk This is spiritual warfare that you have been dealing with This is not a fight that you have been dealing with flesh and blood But this is a fight against principalities And evildoers And unclean spirits RTJ3 motherfuckers. Gray man did it die face down in the Vietnam muscle, I cannot style on you. I didn't walk uphill both ways to the booth and back and I wild on you. You think baby Jesus killed Hitler just so I'd whisper? And you safe and sound and these crooks tap your phone and I have a file on you. Huh. But me worry not, buddy, I've lost before, so what? You don't care, I'm dirt, motherfucker, I can't be crushed. Fuckers, open the books up and stop bullshitting the kid. My dick got a mission to star, I'm on par with the best ever took the gig I'm a super cap with dot dot in the dust, don't bother to touch I got firm clutch on a grip in a box, I might go fly the tank, take a ride to the bank Got a saw the Rick Rubin, rush a full thrust, don't flash free shit to the Shark Tank judge Talk real good cause the smart stuff, we a good crew to fuck with, better love I told y'all suckers, I told y'all suckers, I told you on RTJ 1 Then I told you again on RTJ 2, now you still 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Slonice in the house, and we're going to be talking about how to make AOS pleasurable for you, for your partner, for whoever you're playing against, and then when you play some Warhammer, hopefully then too. You know, that's not a, you make that correlation a lot, and it is, it's a great way to think about it, because you can think how you get pleasure into your life can, you know, that can come from a lot of different places, and if you if you're a, a giving and, and passionate lover, as I'm sure both of you are, I'm not. I'm willing. No. no? Trying okay. to get it I win sex every time. <laughs> just selfish. And, Number one. And, yeah. and don't even take your socks off. Just boom. Right? That's uh, it. I just well, then through the pants hole. Gonna, through the pants I, hole. I, I find a hard time believing that people can take the... People playing a game of, of Warhammer with somebody is, and I use this word intentionally, it's an intimate thing. And you're, you're with somebody, you're communicating a lot. You've both put a lot of time and effort in there to be there, you know, in just what you're doing, the games and all that things, let alone getting to a place you're playing and, and making that time for each other. You have, you're there to have a good time. You're, and that good time can be defined in a million different ways. And, and I think other, pe- you know, other people and places have talked about those ways. And even Games Workshop tries to address them with the three ways to play things. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, dividing, in my opinion, dividing it up into three different ways to play is confusing to people coming into the game and to people kind of maybe looking to connect, reconnect or reconnect with what they like about it. So, what I mean by that is that people who play matched play and get a lot of pleasure out of winning, um, that comes through in how they play. They, these are guys. Like, you know, names that you know, the, the, the Laurie Huggett Wild guy who can win a tournament and get, you know, four out of five best sport votes at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, he's able to take pleasure from absolutely dominating, but because it is genuinely comes through as pleasure, I think that shows in how a guy like that treats his opponents. And we're very lucky that our community has those types of things. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of, like, you know, uh, League of Legends players who kind of have the same kind of profile, you know what I'm saying? That right. about the experience of the other player to that level. So when you're looking at at making the joke about oh, and then we played Warhammer, you get pleasure out of anything in life by knowing what you want and and being honest with yourself about what makes you happy. So if all you listen to is competitive podcasts and things that look at filth and and that kind of thing. You, you can make, maybe you think, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be enjoying about this game, and you try right. to fit that, that square peg into a round hole. Um, yeah, with no lube. I'm also I'm going to say it right now. It took spot, you yeah. it took you four minutes to get the word peg into this conversation. <laughs> uh, well, that's usually about all the prep time I need. I mean, by now, <laughs> yeah, warm that oven right up, right? It's really a question of getting my knees up high enough. It's not, you know, that's just from old men. You know, that's that's that's, that's, kind of... <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, thank you for that. Um, yeah. So, if you if you if you're lucky enough to be, as we, you know, <clears throat> can we we can all agree? I think that the most represented section of the AOS community is uh, match play, competitive gaming. And represented in media, in, in things that are successful, things that people follow. There is some narrative. There's a nice narrative core. Shout out to the Mortal Realms. They do really great work in that area. There's other, you know, 
other other podcasts and, and outlets for that, that. You know, I could go on and on giving shout outs, but that's what gets the most attention, and I think that's usually what people see when they they first come into the hobby. Um, and then on the other side of that, their first contact might be something like mini wargaming, which has been you know a kick around a lot lately. But if somebody looks at sits down and is like fucking around with some Stormcast models and looking at mini wargaming and those guys at least look like they're having a good fucking time. Mm-hmm. That's that's all they need to know. They it's don't need fake, to know though. if it's right. It's all fake. What'd you say? That's all fake. They're not having a good time. Those, they're, those, they're, those Mormon. they're not allowed to be happy. It's those fake. wrestling and Morgano. What? <laughs> wrestling and porno are fake too. But you know, they I'm, get you where they need to go. I don't like either of those things. I like Jesus. You're a lion sack. <laughs> I like know, my wrestling with Jesus, so you can just take, take it all. Um, Call that the Holy Trinity, <laughs> you know. And and we've there are some you know there it, there are some negatives about what they do and, and what it represents, uh, you know, for the game. And you might learn to play certain aspects of the game quote the wrong way, uh, but those those things don't aren't really magnified for me when looking at the game overall because I don't look at the game strictly from a uh, crunchy rules, uh, you know, competitive style. Sure. Uh, And I'm not going to talk it smack about any way you want to play this game. Um, My goal is to get people to think a little bit more creatively about how to make the game feel good to them. Right. And not to overcomplicate it any more than that. Ask that question of any aspect you do into this hobby, from the painting to your dice rolling, to your transport, does this feel good? Like, does am I am I am I feeling that low that low level fun buzz right now? What I'm doing, and if not, you know, check in about why. Not oh, I should be painting this way. I should be building my list this way. I should be, you know, we get into the shoulds in a lot of different ways, and it, it mm-hmm. just sucks the fun right out. Um. You know, and that being said, I don't have any 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 yeah, huge. You know, the, I'm not a trained. I can't give ad- advice on competitive play because I'm not a competitive player. Um, I can give advice, I think, on helping things feel more fun and feel better because that's been my goal from day one of getting into this 30 years ago. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's it's about perspective, right, more than anything else. Yeah, it really it really is. I'm not I'm not here. You know shedding out any any hobby hacks like Vince, you know, that are going to change your life. You know, but if if I can get people to think about different aspects or even share things that I've learned in, in my my endless quest <laughs> to make every aspect of my life feel more pleasurable, if I can share those things, uh, I appreciate the opportunity to. And um, I'm always, if people come across little things that make them feel good when they play the game or make them feel good when they're writing a list or whatever, I want to hear that. Hit me up at, at, at Slanice, at Slanice, however you want to say it, and we'll get this out there. You know, um, you, you know, a really important thing to do is really not put any conditions on your hobby. Like, right. if I win, then this feels good. Um, if I win a painting trophy, then that means my painting's good. Uh you know, if I'm successful at Warhammer, then my partner will please me sexually. Like that's <laughs> that's just really not. Shout out to Vince. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, that's if you want to play games with your partner, I'm not going to judge that. But don't feel you have to. Don't don't let them put. That's that's a form of abuse. You know what I mean? It, it's really not not 
not the way to go. And if you feel like you're being forced to think about your hobby a certain way because of the people that are around you or because the only people that play at your game store like just want to run you know, dead filth all the time, or if it even goes the other way, if you're surrounded by a bunch of like beer and pretzel types who just want to like, throw their minis out and, and, and shoot the shit, but you really want to test yourself as a gamer, you have a right to that too. And, and you know, focus in on making yourself feel good, and I think you'll be less, we'll all be less reliant on GW to do it for us, because long-windedly, that's my goal. A lot of people seem to be really dependent on this giant company for their feel-goods. You know, and if there was an AOS union, that's who I would want to be interacting with, is this company that has a 100.05% control of this thing that we love. Um, you know, production and stuff, they send to China, it fucks up, we pay the price, right? But they're still gonna, their stock still goes up. Um, so it's going to be, it's on us to really, it always has been. They say it in the books, you know, do whatever you, do whatever you want. They're begging us. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that approach is their, their like backdoor excuse for when they put out a product that doesn't exactly make sense or doesn't exactly work the way it should. You know what I'm saying? So, um, when it comes down to the do whatever you like, I, I agree that any type of gaming should be played however you like. Most of us that grew up playing Monopoly wrong always, right? free parking or, or not using auctions or whatever the fuck it is. But at the same right. time, um, it's not always clear what their the intent is. So everyone's <laughs> intent becomes different. So then what happens right. to people is when they don't approach the game in a clear way in their community, when they go and they mix it up with people they don't, at least the fe- like they don't normally play with. Like the first time I ever went to a tournament, there was a ton of feel-bads. Is that, you because know? you didn't know what to expect, but yeah, you thought well, there was a social contract for certain things you're on the same page not, about. Not even a social contract, like or just we played a rule this way, but it functions this way, and it's a minor difference. But if you're not exactly sure, it leads you getting taken out of the game. So, like, how do right. you how do you kind of wreck that? So, like, it's I, but it's, it's a all great about, point, man. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to tie that back to what I said before. Having three different kinds of games is confusing. Yeah, you're and right. I think you're right. They, sh- they should be the the competitive. You know, matched. You're looking for an advantage as a crunchy game, and then every other way to play. Yeah, because there's really no difference between like the difference between narrative play and open play. According to the book, is open play is that you don't think about the story; you just shove out there whatever you feel like. Right. But that is really not that much of a difference enough to have two sections in the book. And I interrupted you, Joe. But you know, no, 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 no. You're right. You're this. This is your ball game right now. You know what I mean, dude? Like. We're on your show right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and if I think if they broke it up and and really were like, okay, this is matched play and focused on the match play community, even to the point where you have rules which apply in match play, which don't apply outside of match play. Say it in the book, you know. And people are going to do what the fuck they want anyway, right? If at the end of the day, if something really bothers a pair of gamers that are standing over a table, they're not going to do it. So right. if it, it would allow them the freedom to to I don't know, to give permission to the gamey gamers to go full hog into that that world, right? And and really take control over it, take control of the points values, take control over the DP values for Slamesh. like put that in the hands of the competitive gamers so it can change to fit their needs because the needs of competitive gamers change so quickly. You know, by definition, the game like their needs from the company 
need to be up to date because the game is based on their game is based on being more up to date and more clicked in with the rules than the next guy. So they demand. I think competitive gamers demand more from GW than any other section that they have. I think they also like, move the most currency for GW because people who are like, oh, I just do this, you know, paint some models and I play a little narrative or play a little like open play. They're not going like they're not sitting down and going like when I buy an army, it's not like I buy one box of models. I go, this is my idea. I talk about the list. I look at it. I go, how do I want to play this? This is how I want to play it. And then I buy eight hundred dollars worth of mar- models in one day. <laughs> and I just that was goes, the best day of Mini Stomp's life. He mispackaged <laughs> one thing. <laughs> I bought a whole army. <laughs> he bought a whole other army. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. So last time I bought when I bought my corn army. Mini Stomp happened to just forget to send me a corpse cart that I ordered for some, like, I ordered, like, a little bit of stuff. And he's like, I can, if you want to buy something else, I can put it in that box. It's like, fine, I'll bite. You want me to buy more models? I'll take five boxes of gore, three boxes of best of gore. <laughs> that's, that's the British model, man. Considering what I see on Twitter, these piles, these motherfuckers are dragging home. Oh, the post came. I've got the post came, and it just brought more models than I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> That's great. So, Joe, it's what's interesting um, about about what what we're saying is like it. It also really just comes down to communicating with whoever you're playing with. It yeah. doesn't like and so. Like number one thing that I, I I'm hearing from you, Will, is like communicate with your opponent so that everyone's on the same page. Feel bads happen when there's a an assumption of expectation, and then that expectation isn't met. Sure. Is what yeah. I, what I think I'm hearing. I'm like, Joe, is that would you yeah, say that? Well, let me jump in real quick. Like, I make the correlation. I make like the joke about like Warhammer and sex, and I mix those lines all the time for fun. But when you think about it as a partnered, pleasured activity, everything you just said applies in both cases. There's, there's, you know, you, people come into these things with expectations, but there's also a baseline level of respect in a way that you have to kind of go through these things. Yeah. Everyone has different ways that they get off. Everyone has different ways, things that they put in. And like you say, communication is number one. I don't think that's a new concept within talking about the hobby. Talk to your partner. Have the quote-unquote capital letters, the talk beforehand. And I think that GW as an entity could do more to make that talk much easier. Yes. to make. And, and I think when, when Rob started the Honest Wargamer and the website and the, like, the dictionary of definitions, that was to help people talk about their hobby and help mm-hmm. eliminate those miscommunications. Now, and he's since kind of focused on being a coverage of competitive events team. That's that's what he's focused the Honest War Gamer as an entity on, I think, rather than being kind of like a pan-hobby, huge umbrella resource. And that's good, sure. because he'll kill himself if he tries to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's too you much know, for one man, and even his crew, even the 10 yeah. to 15 people, including his bosses... Joseph Pagano sure. and Jacob Berry. It's just too much work for all of us. At, at, and all uh, the consultants that we have to support. Yeah. And the it's lawsuits. Just, it's, it's the lawsuits yeah. are really kind of sexual harassment lawsuits. So so expensive to replace hearts. I need a new car. So let's yeah. get Rob a new heart. We actually killed. That's where <laughs> Seth went. We actually killed Seth for Rob's heart. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Super Chinese worth model. it. Super <laughs> worth, worth it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, that's not funny, Will, the Chinese model. They really are doing that, aren't they? They're harvesting organs from people. <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> doing it since the late 70s, man. I mean, oh, it's... my God. Oh, but I, what I wanted to say about what you were saying, back to happier more and more Warhammer stuff, um, is your uh, 
the saying that you can compare it to like a partnered pleasured experience like sex is the people who are giving bad games of Warhammer to people aren't people who are having sex. <laughs> At least be, all right. not, are having I, I, sex with people I, I, and me, not me, paying me, them me, for it. <laughs> they're not. The people who are giving people bad Warhammer games are not having good sex. Or sex like, at all. They're not. <laughs> well, they're having good for them. Sure. Sex. All right. This is going to be. This is like a shru- like. Yeah. Okay. You can take that 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 correlation, and that's why I don't expect everybody to have experience on both ends of things, right? But you know, there's you could make it like. Let's go with a little bit more of, a, of a of a different <laughs> metaphor. Think about cooking, right? Think yeah. you're making you're cooking something for somebody. You want that seasoning not to be. As salty as fuck because salt is how you win. You want that seasoning to be just right. Like it's the difference between I'm gonna be make the hottest hot sauce I can. That's the that's the metaphor. No, for the, yeah, for the hottest hot sauce versus hot sauce that tastes good. Versus versus oh my god, I want to put my penis in this barbecue right now. Oh that, my god, that's, I love that you just brought it back to barbecue for me. I love that you're <laughs> like you're relating to our southeast <laughs> contingent for a bit. But uh, let's let's speaking of touching things, let's make this a bit more of like a hands-on experience. So like, what does this look like taking it out of the context of hypotheticals? Because I know yes. you've thought a lot about how to play Feck or how to play Slanesh in a way that's pleasurable for yourself and for your opponent. So I'd love to hear what you've what you've thought about for that. And Joe, definitely, especially considering you play Feck and have been playing against Slanesh poorly a lot lately, uh, it'd be good to hear your What do you mean poorly? What do you, you mean poorly? You are 0-3 against Slanesh. Unsuccessfully, unsuccessfully, shall we say. No, no, no. I think it was successful in some of those games because you had fun, but you played poorly yeah. because you didn't win. But I, hey, that was a test, man. Just seeing if you're paying attention. Wow. All right. Good uh, for you. Good for you, Jacob. Changing your definition of success. I like it. Um, so, talking about Slanesh. <laughs> Feck, I think Feck benefited from having a rules adjustments. Um, I think those have definitely helped take a good sting out of the army. Um, a quick one, at least for Feck, uh, and that, you know, wouldn't that I this is in my feck list that I would use going to pretty much any game where I want to have a a a well seasoned list but not overpowered is to just not take a mount on your terrorgeist. I mean, by all means, take a terrorgeist because it's the coolest model in the whole fucking army and it's the, the only thing taller than two inches. But if you don't put the mount on him, you still get the potential to do the crazy maw attack, but you right. can't can't. He doesn't re-roll the, the hits on it. Uh, doesn't get to attack, use any of the command abilities, um, the spells work differently, it just it, it, you still get the core of what makes that model cool on the table and in the rules, but you lose the edge that overwhelms people. Well, you get to feed, you're still feeding frenzy, and you could still get to reroll ones, you just have to be better at placing your models, right, and like Placing. You can still heal if you got a Ghoul King on foot next yeah. to him. He still heals. And how many? When's the last time you saw a Ghoul King on foot? Right. Uh, so you got to. When I looked at my army case and I saw the Ghoul King on foot, I never take anymore. Right. <laughs> Just crying to himself in the corner, naked. Yeah. Well, to um, be fair, everyone except for the Archregion is naked. Is everyone naked? Uh, they got yeah. cloths. They, they got cloths. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The old All school right. Ghoul have their asses out, which is nice. Yeah. It's like a thought. Yeah. Um, the and as, ones, first, right? as far as Smash goes, the, it's, I think the community's done a pretty good idea. Like, this is where I think I like, what I get out of, the, out of the competitive stuff that I consume is identifying, like, what could be potential, 
you know, boner melters for me or for my opponent. And with Slash, you got the summoning mechanic, which is there's way too many ways to generate the DP, and the costs are way too low. And you can generate more you more than one unit per turn, and you can generate units that you never had to start with. So there's really no limits on it at all. So you have a, a good spectrum of limits to place on yourself. Like I don't want you. To, I mean, it, I don't want people to think of it as self nerfing, <clears throat> because you're not just saying okay. I'm not going to summon. But you could make it so I only summon destroyed units. I only summon stuff from my original list. Um, it, and it's still powerful, and it's still the equivalent of, say, you know, the Legion's rules. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not overwhelming for your opponent, and it's not overwhelming for the structure of the game, really. It doesn't just flood the whole... Everything that's in the rules book doesn't get instantly flushed down the toilet unless somebody's totally prepared for it or is running Skaven or, you know, something that in the hands of a good player can deal with it. Yeah. So you've got the summon, you've got the two plus uh, locus on the keeper. That's an easy one. You can make that a four plus. You can adjust that as at will. Um, you know, and then the, then the rest of there, the really stuff with Slash that I've seen overwhelming people is the artifact choice. Um, there's so many, there's 18 different artifacts in that book. Uh, and you see the one that gives the, the keeper two extra attacks on its claws, and that's mm-hmm. it. There's, there's, there's an item in there that you can give to an enemy hero, and any t- every round they use one of their melee weapons that you choose, they take a, a mortal wound, because you like gave them this gift, but it's poisoning them, and they don't know it. Oh, that's super cool. How fucking awesome is that, right? Yeah. And it does a mortal wound to a hero every battle round. That's not nothing. And it's not like the guy can refuse to take it. Like, you just nah, do I that. Want, I don't want that. <laughs> no, you got to take it. <laughs> right. No, I don't want it. Yeah, you got to take it, bro. It's no, dumb. All right, I'm Slanesh. You got to take it. You're going to make me feel bad, Joe Pagano, and not accept my gift? Like, you're the Italian passive-aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like... I you don't like these this, cookies? Throw them on the floor and shit. Fuck these cookies, then. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally poison cookies. I don't want them. But, but I made them, them for you. No, like, that's, like, what's really interesting about your approach to this, Will, is that also Jacob has approached the game like this, too, with um, his Skaven. He he only used, uh, you know, the Vortex and all those extra and shackles and the the trap and all that shit when he was playing someone else with a super tough list. But if he got, if he, his first round draw was a guy would say, I don't know. Stormcast, fucking tie. Yeah, you played Stormcast. You don't need to do that to him. That that's just overkill. You don't you don't bring that guy home and like there's the leather mask is on the bed, like that's just too much. It's too much. Right. But if that guy's wearing a leather mask when you meet him, you know that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's such a good way to that's put it. it. And I think, and but that it Prescott. all comes back down to expectations. You gauge your opponent based on the list they bring and the kind of person you can tell they are from the first five or ten minutes of interaction, and you use that to try to meet their expectation and and meet them where they're at. So that right. you're both getting out of the experience what you want. Because like for me, what I actually want most out of my games is to give my opponent the game they want. Because I can play super competitive, I can play super fluffy, I can get super drunk and play tactically. Like I can do all of the modes, I think. Right. And like maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but like I can do all of them. I'm not saying I can do them all well, but I can do them all. So what I want to do, because I enjoy them all too. Right. You know you're going to get off. You want to get find them the off one too. exactly. Find the one that works for them most. Yeah. Give it to them. And if I win, cool. But if I don't, like, also cool. I we're yeah. pushing around toy soldiers. I think the problem is people lose sight of that when they get to like the oh, I'm two and zero, oh, 
I can go three and zero right now, and then I could you know play top tables. Or I'm four and zero, and this is round five, and they lose sight of what like, if that didn't matter at the event? Like, what if at the event, like no one was keeping track of that shit? See, that's the thing. Is like, I, I think it'd be really sick to run a sports event, or run like a like we did or that. Apples are a best in. You know, there's so many other ways to give people shit versus making them like beat each other into the ground for it in the game. So, um, Steve Herter gotta, does. Yeah, yeah. Steve Herter does a, a tournament called uh, Holy Wars, and every time you lose yeah. a game, what's that? I thought you said Steve Harvey, and I was like, oh, really? No, 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 no. Wrong, wrong name. Sorry about that. I got, I got that wrong. That's my bad. Um, no, Steve Herner runs an event called Holy Wars and Holy Havoc, and whenever you lose a game, you get a raffle ticket. And so, like, you, you earn raffle tickets for, like, the end of end of tournament raffle by losing games. And, like, sure, you can, like, win prizes for winning, but... Yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, and then going back to Bobo, there's a lot of really clever little elegant ideas that add to everybody, that add to somebody's pleasure without that being reliant on... Even if their goal was winning, even if they didn't accomplish their own personal pleasure goals... There's a structure around them. To make sure they get it. They get they get something, and you know let's 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 extend that metaphor to the game company that we give all this money to. Even if we don't win this game, you know how are they making sure that we have a good time anyway? Even if I'm not a good painter, how are they making sure I have a good time? And you know if we keep leaning on GW and 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 being vigilant in our community to make sure people feel okay to do what they want at the end of the day. They don't have, don't feel like they're the only one that feels that they love this game this way. Mm. You know, and, and the, the, the kind of the looking down the nose and the snarkiness about, Oh, I don't play, you know, you know, casuals play narrative or whatever. It's fun to talk shit like that. Like I, I love talking shit. I'll talk shit all day, but there's, there's, there's an edge of cruelty to that that makes it into a hierarchy. And match play, let's, let me get real close to Match play is not better than any other kind of play. It's just not. It's not inherently better. There's no way to prove that. But people no. who come across with that attitude are damaging the community. I so also think you can play narrative, super tough, tight games where you play a precision game. And even though it's sure. narrative, you a can solely... There you go. Right there. Precision game. Think about the two towers. That battle came right down to the fucking end. Now, does it take more skill between two skilled Warhammer players to construct a beautiful arc that gets from the beginning of the game all the way to the end in a really amazing way? Or do they just stand there and the first one to fall down loses? Like, it takes, in my opinion, it takes more skill to craft that whole thing than it does to beat your opponent. And so, if you want to test your skill as a Warhammer, write a good story. You know, don't just right, make it two words, and it's I won. And that skill and that skill set is equally as valid. I think also just for like a well, I would challenge the disclaimer players that are going to hear this. Expand your skill set. You already win in shit. You 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 could stop ninety nine percent of the warhammer players in the world today with any army. Expand your skill set. Get good at 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 that stuff. Get good at at expanding your warhammer game, and that's how you'll find your love back. You know, that's how that's how you won't care what people say on Twitter. Well, and, and that goes that goes well with what I was going to say, which is that when we make fun of ca- quote-unquote casuals uh, who like, mm-hmm. don't come to tournaments, it's not because they don't play tournament Warhammer, it's because they're they're insulating themselves from the community and they're not coming and getting drunk with us. Because that's what we really want, is everyone to go to tournaments so we can all be hanging out and getting drunk and like having 
an in-person scene on top of that online scene, right? Because like, it's so much fun to make friends online and talk to them about Warhammer and have find these people who you have so, so much in common with. Well, that buzz, like, same thing in the big competitive tour- tournaments in, in, in the UK and Australia and stuff, like, the joy, like, you watch the coverage, and the coverage is getting so detailed now and so, you know, beautiful that you can really get a sense of the vibe of the game, right? And the vibe mm-hmm. of the game is intense and tight and, and, you know, and back and forth. And then you see the pictures on Twitter from the night out, and it's like, God damn, these guys are going, they're having the best fucking time. I got FOMO falling out of my ears because it's just that joy they have with each other. Why? And my goal is to get a little bit of column B back into column A. You know, and, and because compartmentalizing that experience is a gift. You know, if you're going to an event and you have three days and you can do hit all those buttons, that's great. But I want that, that going out and drinking vibe to happen during the game. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. no reason that it can't. And it doesn't have to be about, like, being silly and drunk and, you know, getting kicked out of a game store like me and Pagano are going to do in Connecticut in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it can be that level of joy can come through in so many other ways and that level of comfort and that level of freedom can come through in so many other ways. That, you know, that's what I'm, that's, that's my, my, my goals in the hobby outside of making, um, pornographic, uh, endless spells for my slash. So okay. gentlemen, I got to run. Uh, my clock is, is, is ticking. All right. Well, dude, excellent. Glad to have you on the show. Looking forward to the next time you get to come on. Um, yeah, that's be the goal from here on out is getting that 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 late night out feeling back into the game on the table yeah. in all the ways that get it there. And 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 uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope it was a value of somebody, value to somebody. Shout out again to uh, to my man Tristan, who's a fucking gem in this community, and uh, you should get him on sometime to talk about anything. Is that you, Bretonian you, Tristan you're talking about? Uh, Bretonian Tristan, yeah. I can't even make fun of it, man. Like I, I hold him in my heart. I can't even make fun of, of you know, of Prince, what he's been through. Prince Albert Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. You know he deserves it. He's got it. He's got. I'm not going to spill anything. Really, you know, too bad. But he's got like a like a um a Desert Raiders Cities of Sigmar plan going. That's oh, oh is it like Zandri? Like the Lost City of Zandri? Is it the lo- no, yeah. he's actually going to do is it. it. <laughs> he's not going to just like City of the Evocators. Yeah, the fucking the 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 like the uh, narrative dark shroud player from or dark shard player from three weeks ago. Yeah, okay. Oh my god. You're on. Well, okay. thanks for coming on, Will. We're gonna yeah. definitely have you on again in the future to talk about how we can make the game more pleasurable for all of us. Uh, but in the this meantime, be good. Bye. Real joy for me, man. A real joy for me. Y'all take care. All right. Later, Will. See ya. All right. Man, we are back. still here. Yeah, we're still here. Um, I didn't want to bring up to Will, and I'm unfortunately he was pressed for time. But I have noticed a lot more negative, like you know, filthy casual like kind of talk. There's a lot yeah. less of that in that direction than it is from casual gamers towards tournament towards players. tournament gamers. And uh, like being part of the WhatsApp group that I'm in with the Long Island guys, they really like bash on tournament players and competitive gamers. And you know what, like. If you had your finger on the pulse, maybe you wouldn't have such a negative play experience because you would understand how your army works better. So, or if you, yeah, no, so it's like I, the same this, thing happens in Nashville. There's a guy who runs um, some like big mega battles, and he's like the little he's like his little head honcho of his little group of like open play 
gamers, and they all are like, yeah, this is why I never go to tournaments. Like, no, nah, dude, we had a great time at NashCon. There were four top tables and a bunch of other people having fun with their friends. There were like 50 other people just like playing and having fun with their friends outside of those top four tables. And so there's no there's no reason those groups can't be like cross pollinating. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's like nonsensical levels of of vitriol against something that they have no experience with. Yeah. So, um, do you want to head back to the questions, and we'll wrap oh, yeah, that, let's do it. we'll wrap that up, and then we could talk a little bit about what's coming up in the future for us. And uh, let's do it. So, where were we at? Uh, questions. We had read. Price, uh, Justin. Jerry, Bruce Hammer, XXX. Oh, here's two. a good one from s- s- some some Bergen men men. With Cities of Sigmar or Warclans, and why? Uh, I'm gonna go with Cities of Sigmar because it looks like there's a lot of really nice painting opportunities in there. You can do some super interesting color palettes, lots of freehand stuff. I think it would be a hobby, a fun time hobby wise, and it will be a nostalgia trip for anyone who played Eighth Ed Warhammer because they're all the yep. older models. I'm also going to say Cities of Sigmar because I feel like there's more conversion opportunities. Maybe I just don't like, I don't process how to go away from the the aesthetics of like Auric Warclans and Bone Splitters and stuff. But it's easier for me to sort of visualize what it looks like to do something clever or goofy or different with a city's army in terms of conversions and like fitting a really wacky theme, like a Cogfort army or, you yeah, know, whatever it point. is. Like there's some, there's some really coolly converted armies out there like the guy who has all the candles and the the stark yellows and browns oh. in his army so i saw some dude on twitter converting uh viking models between long i be- saw that long be- beards and um eternal guard and they look so fucking good and i'm like Correct. oh man i i can't steal that because it looks too good and like this dude is but it's he's killing it um so yeah. some says my twitter how to pronounce somber okay somber Okay. Um, but go Belgian waffles for life. <laughs> yeah, Belgian waffles rule, bro. You lucky bastard. Do you guys eat them like every meal? Oh, I bet you I like so. their I currency so. is Stroop waffle. <laughs> Stroop waffle. When you go to like a store, say you go to like a vending machine that sells Stroop waffles, you have to buy, take a Stroop waffle and drop in the Stroop waffle, <laughs> except the slot to get a, to get more Stroop waffles. Um, BWG Jared Cannonball Nyman asks, why doesn't him a serpent? not play a Dwarven faction as it's obvious all of the Dwarven armies are pro-Union. Since you use a double negative, it, it I do not not play uh, a Dwarf army. Um, this question is, were you drinking? Probably. Um, why Probably. don't I play Dwarves? Because they haven't made a new Dwarf faction that uh, is the style of Dwarves that I like. And you hate Impunks, so... Yeah, so Caradron are out. Yeah, Caradron out and Fire Slayers are a little bit too... Um, I just want like a regular dwarf army. Just run, just run four Gotrex. I could uh, open play. Um... Were you were you around when uh, I I bought two Bellacore models from Mini Stomp and someone asked me why I was doing that online and I was like, well, because and like I, I trolled them and said like it's a really good build. I was like, you could run double Bellacore, it's really good. And like, no, you can't do that. I was like. No, it's like it's a really strong build. But it's like I kept, I like played the straight man through the whole thing, and at the very end, like, I was like, I mean, whatever, play whatever game you want. I was like, no, you just this went so far over your head. I wanted one for conversion and one to like this build. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, Craig at hobby. Next question comes from Heresy. Hobby Heresy. Rugby World Cup? You watching or not? No, nope. you know the answer. No, definitely not. You didn't even know it was happening. Yeah. Um, 
BWG Sean asks, "What flavor White Claw pairs best with burger rings?" Uh, 100% of the time, it's Black Cherry White Claw because that pairs best with everything. I disagree. I think every flavor of White Claw pairs best with burger rings because there is no law when you're on the claw. Hey, did you find the bag of burger rings I left in your pantry for you? Yes. Oh, you never said thank you. Anyway. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Boylerson asks, Blade of Secrets artifact in Ulgu makes a wizard forget a spell if one or more wounds are dealt. If Nighthaunt's wave of terror goes off and they also attack again in the combat phase, would it make the wizard forget more than one spell? Dude, I don't fucking know. Yeah, why are you You're... asking us? We're like the wrong people to ask this I question. Wonder if, I wonder if someone asked him this for the tournament he's running this weekend and he didn't want to have to make a decision. Uh, <laughs> Thai curry or Indian curry? Thai curry. Thai curry. It's sweet. Yeah, I love the the, the coconut the and coconut the pineapple. Oh, man. I'm getting Thai food today. Um, From Mr. Mr. Mephisto, now that I've started my own podcast, how do I get as sexy and successful as Jacob and Joe? Threaten First of all, to murder somebody in another country. <laughs> Try that one out. It worked great for us. Also, uh... Stop making new podcasts. Podcast. Have you listened to it? No. I, I know he calls it the Rantcast, but uh, it feels like he's trying to steal your ammo here. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. We'll just we'll buy him out and lay him off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Little, little do you know, Andrew, you're about to be become the newest member of the Rage of Sigmar Podcast Network conglomerate extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> the Electric Boogaloo. Two. Um, two. It's like personal. Yeah. Krusty's Ghost. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Passion of the Christ too. Jesus' Revenge. Um, <laughs> He's back, and this time he brought Dad. Yeah. Uh, Ty asks, what's the deal with the WWE-style call-up videos? I thought it was appropriate challenge was a wrap. Can someone tell Joe that he better spit pot fire back at that dude and the people expect retaliation? I'm going to let you know something, Ty. Um, I'm not a rapper, all right? I'm going to end this man's whole career with my next, with the rebuttal. They'll be coming to you in early November, uh, live from the Boys GT in Rochester, New York. We're going to let the world know that Joe Pagano's not a man you fuck with. Uh, I mean, you already you also started the WWE call-out video yeah, on the live stream yeah, at I'm, NASHCON. You know but funny? Ty probably didn't see it because he probably didn't watch back a lot of the coverage. Yeah, also, um, nope. Most people think that I like wrestling because I like the promos, but that's the only thing I like about wrestling. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it's really lame. <laughs> but those old videos, because Macho Man and like Hulk Hogan were always so like drugged out and like insane, and it's like, how are these guys actually doing wrestling after this? Is like blows my know. mind. Like, but... Wrestling is actually super sad. John Oliver did a, a segment on like how they're all independent contractors and they're all getting super screwed. They all have to like pay for their own health care. They can't take time off of work. Like it's a really rough. No, Rough gig. That, that movie about Mickey Rourke is like a huge eye opener, and that's really how it is. Like if you're if you're lucky, you come out with like a cold or as a Hulk Hogan. But even after but, that, your body come out like uh, opioid addiction and yeah. fucked up shoulders, back. Yeah, like you're crippled and, and no marketable skills at 55, and you look like you're 90. Yeah, like Mick Foley like shows up to like autograph signings and shit because he lives on Long Island in Queens. Yeah, and like a beat up minivan like opens the door and like garbage falls out of it. <laughs> I'm like, 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 that's Mick Foley. Like, funny until it, it's sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's sad because the dude's like a was the man, right? Like mankind, yeah. dude, love, uh, Cactus Jack. Like all he had all those characters that were awesome, and like they even in WWE recently they made him like he was a commissioner of the league and like had all these things and he's just like a regular dude. Um, so anyway, 
that's how sad wrestling is. Um, yeah, big question, Ty. Uh, no, I'm sad. Next question, I, I want you to read it, but the dude who asked it is Davis Ford. He's the guy who made mm-hmm. the AOS Reminders website, and I oh, really nice. appreciate everything this guy has done. So shout out to Davis. Like, dude, you're the fucking man. We really yeah. appreciate everything you do. Absolutely, because the, the more you can level a playing field outside of like who has the best recall of all their stupid abilities is going to be is going to be just good for for parity and like the more people play at the same level and have the same understandings going in the better the game's going to feel oh, yeah, so the question is how much did 2019 ghb affect the current top tier meta and how much of it was just players adjusting over time to feck and daughters of kane i mean i, I think that the question is a good one but i also don't like the the follow-up part of like how much is it players adjusting over time to feck and daughters of kane those are so different to me because people did adjust and like figure out feck Feck was a one-trick pony, and you can the way it was and being also, played. Also, their, and also their also their their um their like FAQ FAQ got toned down. Like Daughters yeah. of Cain is still an army that if you don't have like pretty decent shooting and the upper hand early, they're very tough. They're still like they're for, so for, hard to deal with. And like an maybe book, there's more points adjustments. I don't know. They're still like like if you're, you're playing so somebody strong, with ninety, also, wolf, which is you're like in a bad shape it's much harder to play like those they're like so you have to know which distances are wholly within which ones are within you have to like string a tail back to get certain bonuses and have your support piece in all the right places it's not it's not an easy army to play and i think like a lot of iterations of feck have been sort of just like shove it forward and no one can do shit about your swinging first ghoul king which i get like they've changed now but like that yeah. ghoul king still or, kills all your shit when it dies. Or example. like Slanesh has like, oh, I shut your whole army off on a two or a four plus, and then and then I also bring a second army. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's understandable. But, I just don't, uh, I don't. I think adjustments are happening, but also you have to look at the rate of releases. So yeah. the meta is in like a constant change of shift. So like you like because like when we're getting two books at a time now, which is a lot. It used to be like one book every six months in Warhammer Fantasy, right? And then, now in AOS, we're seeing two new books probably every other month. We're getting two books. Uh, But I don't think GHB moved moved the needle much. Like, the points adjustments were fine. They, like, they helped a little bit. I think a lot of them weren't enough. It's going to be the meta... What's that? I think a lot of the points adjustments were too soft-handed. No, definitely, but um, that's what I'm saying. The GHB didn't really change much. If anything, it was, like, just another piece in play that like the evolving meta of having the next two armies and the next two armies and the next two armies come out is going to have a bigger impact on. I think those are much bigger balancing factors than not. Yeah. So, um, thanks uh, for the question, Dave. Also, with that, a, a good example with that is um, there's that like not allegiance, but like the clan bonus in war clans of like this, like any model or any unit with this keyword ignores after damage saves. Yeah, that oh, is mad so as hell. Strong. Yeah, that one. Or like the strength of purpose. There's the one in like cities. That. Yeah, something like that. And there's the one in cities that like you can cast a spell and that your that like that unit's save becomes nil. They don't get a save anymore. There's like really strong counters that are coming into the meta that like it's it's not fair to say that as the meta develops it's self balancing or like that means the game is balanced, but it does mean that we're getting more parity and like there's it's not just rock paper scissors. It's like rock paper scissors, lizard Spock, Batman, Chinatown, man bear gun. Meteor. Yeah, exactly. Um, Always alive. Ned ask. 
How much steam could a steam tank steam if a steam tank could steam? How much steam that was, that tanks in a... Close to, right? Yeah, I think it would be how much steam could a steam tank steam if a steam tank could steam tank. Yeah, it could be a good steam tank. Anyway, how many, how many steam tanks in a city Sigmar uh, army is too much? Well, see, I'm going to answer this question from an 8th ed perspective, which is in the old world, there were like four steam tanks in the entire empire. So four seems like a lot to me. And that's all your behemoths. I don't know about nine, but like when you, but if you make them battle line, they can you can have up to nine. Oh, so the only people it's who are still getting character. fucked by that battle line thing is the um, uh, Beast Claw Raiders. So, yeah, because they were the original filth that everyone was afraid of. So we got one last Deadly question. as ever. Yeah, we got one last question from the mailman. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this question. What? Well, I don't understand the question. Okay, so he asked, why are Tin Knockers such pussies compared to Rodbusters? So, I'm going to start with that. Um, Rodbusters are, they like to call themselves ironworkers, but they're really not. They just carry rebar and tie it together with wire. Um, so, when you're going to call uh, sheet metal workers, uh, skilled tradesmen's pussies, is probably because you're so used to the degrading working conditions you work in that you can't negotiate yourself out of because you are a labor-intensive trade with little to no skills. Uh, when you compare yourselves to a skilled trade, like a mechanical trade, like the sheet metal workers, where we have to have actual skills and uh, talent, and you have and to be intelligent math. and do math, and not just tie rebar together all day. You literally are actually doing complex equations, and you have to design the ductwork, fabricate the ductwork, calculate the amount of CFM that needs to fill space to keep the air fresh and people not suffocating. All of these things is how you get better working conditions because you can negotiate for it. So if you want to call us pussies because we don't have to work like slaves or like assholes all day, that's fine. I'll be a pussy all day because I'll still make more money and I'll still be able to sell myself as a worker better. And um, I feel like it's a real glass house situation where you're throwing stones because uh, at a major labor dispute at the largest privately funded job ever in American history, Hudson Yards, I believe it was the Rodbusters international president who instructed his local to cross the line at a labor dispute. So if you're going to call anyone a pussy, I would say it's the scabs that fucking crossed a union picket line and cut the throat of all the other locals in New York City that were fighting to make sure that you guys, the Rodbusters, were fucking union on the job. But you took the first fucking deal you get from your international president, and that sounds like a real pussy move to me. Now, when it comes down to the, uh, have I seen any Trogoth heavy lists around, and if so, what do you think? I haven't really seen anyone play them, but I really enjoy the idea of it. I think it's an excellent... I've always wanted to do one, like 15, 16 models. You take a bunch of rock trolls, a couple river trolls, a troll hag, and a dank old trog boss. Yeah, I think that'd be a really cool list. I just don't think you're going to hold objectives that well, so you're going to have a hard time winning games. Um, But it's definitely a cool list, and I think you should do it. The thing is, it hits super hard, and it does... It, like, recovers super well. But if... it Like, it can't take too much of a punch, because if it does come up against something that can swing as hard as it like if you get alpha you're fucked because you have nothing left on the table yeah and also like it doesn't matter if someone's got I mean a glimpse bite gets player is going to have a ton of command points right so you're playing another gets army but you're playing once with actual uh, goblins 60 yeah. goblins are going to take the objective from you and yeah maybe you'll kill like 18 a turn just to hold the objective and they're yeah. not running away because the guy's got 80 command points so um I think I have seen I've seen one or someone played one at um, the team tournament at ATC 
and it didn't fare well against whoever he played from our team. I think it was the Stormcast shooting list because you can. It's also a bit reliant on some of its synergies and overlaps. So if you can if you can knock out those heroes, which are easier to get to because there's no screens, then then the list sort of falls apart. Yeah. Um, now, if you're doing like Trogoth heavy, heavy, where you're like mixing in gets, I, I mm-hmm. believe Nathan Prescott has run like a list with like six stone trolls and six river trolls. Yeah, and an Alcoglacogant, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had some success. Like Ross said, it was a super tough list. So, like, if you're looking to include more trolls in a Gits army, I think it's a refreshing way to lower the quantity of models you have to paint. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some quality shit out of it. You're going to have some cool stuff they do, and um, I mean the models are dope and all that. Uh, but yeah. you're going to definitely want to balance it out with some bodies. You're going to need the bodies there. So uh, that's my adv- advice to the mailman who, um, just so you know, only follows 13 people, has zero followers, and his only tweet ever was the one tweet at us. I wonder if it was someone trolling you. Yeah, it seems like it is, but... Um, sure does seem that way. Anyway, uh, All right, he follows, so that's he follows BBC Breaking News, <laughs> us, uh, the Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, uh, Detroit Tigers. I'm wondering if this is a Midwest guy. But sort of sounds like it. Yeah, it's a weird thing to be a mailman and also a uh, local, whatever. The mailman could be a reference to Carl Malone. It could be like a basketball reference. Uh, That was his nickname. All right, so the Rage of Sigmar uh, Honest Wargamer Detective Agency is on finding out who you are. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, do you want to talk about the... Either the new Warclans book or the new Cities book or fluff or things you're excited to see from it or do you want to wrap it up? I haven't had a lot of time to look into it. I do just think the hobby opportunities are going to be there and it's going to be cool to see um, uh, a lot of the things that are going to go on with them. And see I think them this all. revitalizes a lot of people's hobby. Oh yeah, I think it brings in a lot of people who have been sitting on the sidelines about playing AOS. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're going to they've been like saying people like oh maybe when this gets a book. Forever. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's great. Um, I do want to talk about uh, next episode will probably be coming out around mid-November because the first week in November um, and exactly one month, I'm going to be playing at the Boys GT in Rochester, New York. They got yeah. like 74 or 75 players registered. The event mm-hmm. is full. Um, it's up in uh, the RIT Conference Center. A good friend of the show, a friend of not just the show, but a personal friend of mine and Jacob's that we've been friends with forever. Joe Urban is flying in from California. Um, he's flying to Queens, and me and him are road tripping up together. Nice. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting, fun weekend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, they have a couple uh, cool things going on there. So Yeah, and, so give Joe a shout if you're going to be there. Just let yeah, him know. If you're, you're going to be high. there, tag the show. Let us know. Come hang out. We'll be um, drinking, hanging out, eating food, playing Warhammer, making laughs, making memories. Um, yep. And then I'm going to be the next weekend at um, Gigabytes in Atlanta. Oh, you got the is... you got the approval on that? Mm, I took the I took the beating that I deserved for making a unilateral decision and I'm going. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yep. It's going to be great. I'm sad. I'm kind of sad though cuz I thought you were trying to come to the boys. I was, but that's also way more expensive. Yeah, whatever. All right. Anyway, uh, cool. so that's, that's gonna be cool. a lot of fun. It's gonna, gonna be in Atlanta. I mean, you can come visit me when my kid's born. I'm gonna be on paternity from like mid-April through mid-June. 
Oh, that's so sick. Is Margot doing hers at the same time? No, she's doing maternity right away. She has to take it right away. So she gets three months, and then I jump on two months of unpaid. That's sick. Um, Cool beans. Do we got anything else? I think I think that's it. Let's uh let's jump to the shameless plugs and shout outs. All right, shout out uh, to all the podcasts of the Rage of Sigmar Media conglomerate. So that's uh, the Dwellers and if Below. If you're not part of our network, you suck the yeah. worst. Dwellers Below was uh the Honest Wargamer. Uh, the Hoenist Wargamer. Oh yeah. Uh Did we did Notorious, we kick out Notorious Age of Sigmar? Yeah, Heralds of War. Doom and Darkness. Uh, Doom and Darkness. AOS coach on AO- on AO- YouTube. Yeah, um uh, what's the other one? Uh, oh, Warhammer uh, Weekly with Warhammer Central Weekly. and Tom, yeah, yeah. Tom Lynch. Uh, Stormcast, the official Games Workshop <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, oh, new new one that we brought in is uh, Garish Hammer. Oh, uh, Garish, Garish Hammer. Yep. Um, and uh, Healing Hammer. Healing Hammer, yep. Uh, I feel like there's another one or two in there. Yeah, whatever. So not, the, not cubic shenanigans. No, definitely not them. Love Dan. Hate Brendan. Brandon. It's Brandon. Branding. Branding? Brandy. Like a, like, a, like a marketing meeting? Brandy. A branding meeting? Brandy. Brandy. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, same same. Frog protection? Frog protection, yep. Frog protection. All right, so this has been episode 15 of the Rage Sigmar. Uh, catch you guys in about we a didn't month. Say anything, we didn't say anything offensive enough. Yeah. Or like we didn't say anything offensive enough. Wow. Hope he gets impeached. Mm. <laughs> oh. Um I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Make America not, Greta again. No. Oh, that's a good one. Um I don't understand any of these people. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to think about it because it's having such a good day, and now I'm going to start thinking about politics. But um, no worries, man. I gotta go grocery shopping. I've been drinking a lot of mineral water. Yeah. Yeah. Like Perrier or uh, San Pellegrino. Oh, both. I prefer Perrier though. Yeah. For the first time, it's going down history, baby. New Three Six Mafia.